position the microphone, adjust the parabolic surroundings. Yeah, you, you don't want the parabolic fixture to implement and impede the, the vocal obsession. It's, it's, it's important to remember that, Dan. Naturally, naturally. You want to make sure that the um, uh, um, amphitheater is correctly aligned. That is indeed correct. That is. This is just science for, for, for those of you who aren't in the recording industry. You know, you guys know nothing about this. This is science. It's what we call in the industry a clean sweep. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to stay humble. It's hard to stay humble right now. Even though my zip is down, it's hard to stay humble. Philip, are you good to go? Sound of the thing, man. Hey, 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 hey. Get, get, get my dog. Let me hear a drum We're adjusting the levels, we're adjusting the levels. Welcome back to another episode of Two. Broke Tumbos. Right. Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Twimbles. We're back again, one more again. You know, Dan, you know, like, beginning of the month, the bills got coming in. You know, like, when I saw one of my bills, you know what I said? What did you say? (laughs) Very nice. I I went to the fuel station and I filled up my tank, man. (laughs) You know what I said? You know, I, I turned on CNN the other day. You know what I heard? That's the sound of the economy crashing. Why? What did you think it was? <laughs> really? Is, is, is that what you're... <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> you know, Dan, we started this thing, but there's one thing we didn't establish. Are you... Good to go. <laughs> Philip. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Tumbos. No, but Dan, are you? Good to go. Phil, we done been gone. Did you get left behind, buddy? Sound of Did you get left behind? You know, over the weekend, I met, I met a girl. She was like, yo, can, can you buy me a drink? You know what I said to her, Dan? What did you say? <laughs> so the other day I was doing a mic check for an uh, event I was emceeing. And then, uh, you know, the sound technician was asking me, do you want the small or the big speaker? You know what I said? Sound of them. <laughs> and then, and then after that, <laughs> my girl was speaking to me mm. and she was trying to tell me a story that would make me jealous. You know what I mean? I just, I was cool, calm and collected. You know what she said to me? You know? The, the same thing happened to me, man. Same thing happened to me. You know, the other day, I went to the, the, the supermarket. The lady said, yo, can you please get me something? I forgot to get something. Uh, came back. She's like, yo, did you get that thing? I said, oh, man. She's like, what do you expect me to do, Phil? You know what I said? Dude, this is a long run. And then I told her, let me hear a drum play. And then when she was done, I said, baby, let's go. Are you good to go? 
you, you know, Philip, we, we remember when we had a conversation at uh, Jam Train, realized we don't recognize anywhere and anyone here. I mean, yeah, we, we, yeah. we're washed. Mm-hmm. We're washed. But yeah. back in the day, like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. we would step up in a spot and you know what we'd be saying to everyone? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. As you can hear, we're back in the same, we're back in the same stew, back in the same stew. You know, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Shout out to an unnamed internet provider. We've been forced to do so because yay, they've been on one this week. I don't know about forced. Uh, I mean, my internet's been great because yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> let me do my intro. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Twimbos. It's your boy, Danny, that guy, a.k.a. Danas the Mad Titan, a.k.a. Denfordwick Maraini, a.k.a. Denimbi, my life, your entertainment, a.k.a. I'm done with these streets because I'm tired of your April Fool's jokes every year, guys. Really? We got to do that every year? A.k.a. Akuna Mumwendi Danny Moo. That's right, that's right. Only that mistake was irrefutable. That you might catch me in a Hyundai. <laughs> Phil Chad, aka Flame Floss, the big boss, baby. Aka Fit Aka Filthy Phil. DJ Mkarad. And of course. <clears throat> That was a five-minute intro. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. Let's cut this off. Bam! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Tumbles. It started off, as we normally do, with a Zimbabwean doing it big. We got multiple submissions for this one from our our lovely friends who listen to this podcast and want to give us suggestions. So uh, thank you very much for sending in your suggestions. Uh, you can hit us up on email, by the way, donate at Two Broke Twimbos, or you can hit us up on social medias, any of the DMs, they're open, we read them quite regularly, and we respond. So thank you very much. Uh, our submission this week goes to uh, a Zimbabwean doing it big by the name of Tafadzwa Mandiwanza. Hey. Uh, let me tell you very quickly about Tafadzwa Mandiwanza. I have the news story open here. Tafadzwa Mandiwanza is Ireland's first uh, female pediat- pediatric neurosurgeon. What? She happens to be Zimbabwean. Born, grew up in Harare, capital of Zimbabwe. And uh, yeah, she's the first female pediatric, pediatric, that's a very difficult word for me to say, pediatric neurosurgeon in Ireland. She's a pediatrician. She studied at uh, the University College Cork. Mm. Of Cork. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, so she started out in the in cardiothoracic surgery and she decided, <laughs> no, you know what? My calling is pediatric neurosurgery. Come on now. I mean, what's a heart without a brain, yo? She said, I was 25 and I had to drill holes into the skull to open the lining or the dura, for those of you who have some medical knowledge, of the brain to let out fluid, which lessens the pressure. The procedure took less than one hour, but I was amazed that I could do it. And then from then on, she was like, yo, pediatric neurosurgery. That's what's up. Shout out to you. Come on now. Come on now. Do you know what's always miffed me? Why does pediatrician sound like podiatrist? Because... No, because you're pronouncing it in a... How can I put this? In a Western way. In a, uh, I went to America and I came back and I need everyone to know. Peda, peda, it's poor diatrist. There's an mm. O right there, Philip. No, but it's, it's a silent O. Poor diatrist. It's like... <laughs> Are you sure? Hold on. Okay. I, I, I saw the most amazing TikTok of a white man who was trying to order plantain from, <laughs> from a Jamaican woman. So he keeps on saying, 
I want the plantain. And she said, do you mean the plantain? It's like, no, I want the plantain. Do you mean the plantain? No, the plantain. Oh, you mean the one that grows on the mountain? And then he was super confused and he ended up <laughs> saying plantain. <laughs> this is a great way to stay in touch with the youth. Okay, hold on. I've loaded it up. Let's hear. Podiatrist. Podiatrist. <laughs> Podiatrist. Nah, okay, it's saying it wrong. So, podiatrist. Sh- shout out to pediatric podiatrist. neurosurgeon. Did you know? By the way, okay, you know what? I want to help people uh, every show. So, before we move on, Zimbabweans doing it big. Did you know that the correct pronunciation of what you commoners say is Strathaven or Strathaven is incorrect? Would you like to hear what the correct pronunciation is, Phil? This is what our podcast does the numbers for. This is what people come for. This is what they care about. If you've been saying Strathaven, 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 whatever you've been saying, it is completely incorrect. I am about to tell you how you must pronounce that particular word. How do you pronounce it then? Tell us. In fact, let me not say it. I'm going to get a male British English professional to pronounce it. Here you go. Straven. Straven. Ah, you are the devil is a liar. Straven. The devil is a liar. Saga, next time I want to hear you. Got somebody to start even shops? No, Straven. And and you will never meet them. (laughs) Dudes will be somewhere else. (laughs) You're like, yo, where you at? Uh, let's follow up on our last episode. If you were tuned into Two Broke Twimbles, which I hope you were, you would have listened to the Leroy Gopal episode, which was a, a great well, conversation. Well, half of it, really. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, we were let down by our connections. Mm, um, that that well, same internet provider has been on fire. To, but. to be fair, our connection was fine, Philip. Um, it was South Africa that was wilding. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But in that episode, we... We spoke at length after the conversation. If you if you skipped it because it was an interview, first of all, shame on you. It was a great interview. But you can, in the last half of the episode, we spent a long time discussing uh, the altercation, shall we call it, between Will Smith and Chris Rock. And uh, there's been a lot said since then, Philip. So I thought it would be great, you know, for us to go back to our statements, see if we still feel the same, if there's some things we want to change, anything we want to add, anything new that's come out. Uh-huh. Okay, let's do it. So if you will recall, last week, I think Phil and I both pretty much mostly agreed on the facts that were on the ground. Basically, um, Will Smith was provoked. He went up and he slapped Chris. He should not have done that. That was a bad thing. No, 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 no. But it's understandable why he did. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were both in that space. Um, Something interesting that was sort of touched on when we spoke about it yesterday was the difference or, or which groups of people were defending which person. And I think it became more and more apparent after we recorded our episode. Um, I think we, we spoke we spoke a little bit about how most black comedians and how white comedians were on whose side and blah, 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 blah. But since then, it's become, it's almost comical how it's become such a racial issue where essentially black people were like, nah, Will Smith is our people's. We're on his side. And white people were like, how dare you? How can you act so unprofessionally and slap a comedian on stage? How could you? And um, uh, the funniest, the, the for me, the peak of it was when Zoe Kravitz uh, was, <laughs> posted a picture of her outfit. It's like, this is the outfit I wore at an event where it's apparently cool to assault people on stage or something. I don't know, something along those lines. Fam. People are like, oh, not you speaking. No, I don't want to lie. The, 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 
I think those first three days were a big lesson. <laughs> I've never seen so many this you tweets, like high level. You know, like normally when it's a this you situation, it's like some dude, like that dude that was that was scamming his homies for bottles, and then all these girls are like, ah, ah, is this you? And then that became a whole Twitter thing. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Ah, Jim Carrey opened his mouth. I broke my heart. Ah, Jim Carrey. They were like, Nick, this you? Nick, are you forgetting your ex-girlfriend committed suicide because you were abusing her? <laughs> Zoe Kravitz, they were pulling out receipts. Are you not the same one that said you couldn't stop your <laughs> from throbbing because Jane was looking fine when he was 14? Is that you? <laughs> and the, thing, the sad thing is Zoe was, she was the timeline's favorite light skin just after Batman came fam, out. Fam. It only takes... Everybody loved Zoe was amazing performance. That's our favorite last skin. Ooh, we love Zoe. Oh, and then you just have to go right Just all it takes one time. Was. This is why people like Daniel Radcliffe went up and were like, what do you think of Will Smith? My man is like, hey, <laughs> I'm incredibly bored of hearing people's opinions. And then now you want mine to be added to them. No, thank you. <laughs> He's like, that's none of my business. That's none of my business. Sure. Shame. Uh, Shame. I, I might. I might have to give Harry Potter another chance. Just, just, <laughs> just, just, just of the strength of that. I just might have to give Harry Potter another chance. What do you think? Anzi, Anzi, um, Zoe responded to all the backlash. Oh no! What did she say? Anzi, stop taking social media so serious. Nothing here is real. Look at this chicken. It is bigger than the car. Then she posts the emoji of the chicken and the car emoji. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't know if that's actually her that said it because I can't. Is, is this her burner account? Why is everyone saying this is her? Um, anyway, look at look at us reporting the facts. Hard hitting reportage. We, no, we I, I mean, it's stories. in the news. It's literally like Zoe Kravitz said, and then it's like which news? This news platform is this? Oh day? no. Okay, so oh no. Okay, she took a screenshot of a tweet and then posted it up as an Instagram story. That's why I'm, I was confused of someone else's tweet. Uh huh. Anyway, look. Um, first of all, it's kind of true. Social media is not real. Twitter is not the real world. Do you know what I mean? No, it has real consequences, though. It does have real world And that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is don't think that people genuinely hate Zoe Kravitz. You know what I mean? It's not like her career is over or anything. She's just, just getting roasted on Twitter. Today, she's probably not even mentioned anymore. It's fine. Like, that's that's how the Twitter streets move. It's all good. So, yes and no. Because you're right. The The, the, the common saying is, and we've all been there, Everyone has their day. It just depends, like, what, what are your crimes? Like, when Dan had his day, <laughs> in retrospect, it was just funny. <laughs> it was a rough, it was a right, it wasn't a day, Philip. It was a good three weeks. Ah, uh, man, we had a good year. Yeah, so, I deleted Twitter. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, forget, I started from scratch. Are you forgetting? We were get, get gadget followers, and I deleted my Twitter account, and I started from zero. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> I deleted my Twitter. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll come back in like a week or two. And the thing that, is, that, that, that wasn't even the biggest scandal. That was just the smallest scandal. The big scandal, I just had to sit through like, hey, shot. Thank God for my therapist, yo. I just in therapy every like, wow. Well, what what they say about problem. Twitter is every day someone's the main character. And the goal is that you don't want to be that main character. But every day, the thing is, you are always going to be the main character. The thing is, are you going to be a main character in a blockbuster? Or are you going to be in a character like in a straight film. in a straight to Netflix indie production? Yeah, you know, or, you or want even, to, you want to go to the straight to Netflix bought, indie production, like a bought by Hulu only there for diversity type of. You film. know what I mean? That's what you're kind Those of those movies for, yeah. that you see when you when you when you go to Macro, or if you're overseas at Asda or in Walmart, those movies that are at the till, it's, it's in the bargain. Basically, the movie that you're never going to choose or search for 
it just comes up in your for you. You know what I mean? You know like when you open Netflix and it says shuffle and on the odd occasion there's a movie you've never heard of, you have no idea who's in it. That's the movie you want to be in. You never want to be in a Marvel production. Because, Lord, when you're in that Marvel production, woo, you're going to be on a press run. So that, that's what I'm saying. So, like, for Zoe Kravitz, she didn't, she didn't really do anything wrong. She just went against um, the majority. Oh, she went against Black Twitter. Which, 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 which obviously, so the, the other disturbing thing is, and it, it, it's, it's a true thing, is, and we've discussed it many times, is that mob mentality on Twitter. Where, where, when the whole mob decides, ah, this is our stance, go against us at your peril, and then you become persona non grata, which I don't agree with. I think it's it's foul. It's not right. I don't I don't think it's fair. Uh, the, the sad thing is, Phil, is like in that whole persona non grata. <laughs> oh, sorry, that, that's my t- that's my message for Chewbacca as my message. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but the timing was perfect. <laughs> um, see, the thing is, every, most uh, or a lot of the people who start out this persona non grata or putting someone under the bus or whatever on Twitter, it's not re- they're not really genuinely mad. It's not like people were genuinely mad at first. Genuinely mad at Zoe Kravitz. Journalmer. Genuinely. They were not genuinely mad at Zoe Kravitz. Why they were just like, oh, this you throw up. And to be fair, her statement was wild. But it was one of those like, mm, that's a wild statement, but we're watching you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was. Oh, it wasn't. Baby, a, baby, it's a wild world. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like you have really messed up. That's what I mean. It was like yeah. a, mm, that was wild. We watching you. So, I mean, Zoe Kravitz will be fine. But on the flip side, I was I was quite surprised to see that uh, I think three productions that Will Smith is involved in have been put on pause. So, the other thing, um, and it's too soon to tell. Okay. Um, I think to answer your first question, I my stance has not changed. I do believe it was unfortunate. It it they they could have been better ways to do it, without a shadow of a doubt. I think and the thing that really had me disappointed is the rumors that they're planning to do a red table talk. I really hope those are not true. Because if they do do a red table talk, I, I might have like I might have to I might have to, to take Will off my Mount Rushmore, you know, because come what, on. Why? Ah, uh, that's too cloudy, bro. That's too, that's too cloudy. Oh, you mean Will Smith, who just started making TikToks with big budget productions, is no? I don't, not think, a I don't, I don't think that was a strategic move. I, I, I think Will strategic I, for what? No, Will Smith saw what Kevin Hart was doing. So Kevin Hart was the pioneer of this, and then The Rock followed. Kevin Hart was the one of the first Hollywood artists to be like, oh. Not only am I going to engage with my, my, my following on, on social media, I'm going to actively grow it and then use it as a bargaining chip in my movies. So you remember there was, there was a story, I forget the movie he did, where they were like, yo, you're in a press run, Kev, post this on Twitter. And Kev was like, are you going to pay me? I'm like, no, no, what, what do you mean? It's a good one. I'm like, no, no, no. I've spent time and money curating and growing this audience. This is a new avenue for you. In the same way you'd pay press or you pay for for marketing, I'm giving you access to my millions upon millions of followers. And I think at the time he had 31 million collective followers across social media. It's like, if you want access, pay to them. And that was a big fight within Hollywood for a while. And then eventually... Please, please don't hold the mic. It's just it's, it's picking up that old... Yeah. No, I'm, it's authentic. Um, but You the, can hold the stand if you want. You know. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get the mic as close to my mouth as possible. Parabolic uh, 
you know how it is. Yeah, the parabolic <laughs> constellations. Um, so I think Will Smith saw that and he was like, wait a minute. The advantage that Will Smith has, well, not, it's actually not an advantage. It's almost parallel, is Kevin Hart has Heartbeat Productions. The Rock has Seven Bucks Productions. And Will Smith has Westbrook. So when you're now pitching a movie, you're pitching a much more integrated vertical stack. So not only am I selling my face and my brand, which is going to sell X amount of tickets, I now have another platform to advertise and promote the movie, like what he did with Bad Boys, which should never... Oh, that was... No, I, I just remembered Bad Boys. Oh, da, oh yeah, remember, Dan, remember? Oh, yeah, we were. Because we hosted the, the yeah, premiere. Yeah. And Dan and I were sitting there and we're like, why did they make this movie? Why did they make this movie? Like, I, I think we were like halfway through and I was like, yeah, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. And that was before it even went into Fast and Furious territory. <laughs> but anyway, the point being, yeah, I the reason why he does that, I see why. It, it, it's a great marketing tool. And it's also a good way to like um, sign on young talent. Because think about it this way, Dan. If you've got a production company and you've got an agent and you've got access to all these Hollywood stars, if you're an up-and-coming TikTok star, and I work with you. Just the, the mere fact that I'm Will Smith and I'm calling you. Mm-hmm. You're going to work with me for free anyway. But then in return, I'm like, yo, let me upskill you. Give you access to my resources. Access to my production studio. Sign you on. Maybe do a development deal. This and the third. That's a great business move for, Philip, for Will Smith. We, we have digressed. No, that's why. Come back. The listeners love these, these, these divisions. Yeah, yeah. Not me. Because I'm the <laughs> one who's editing this podcast now. You see. No, but it's not it's easier. Because all the channels, they just like them. Done. Anyway, parabolic motions. Um, ultimately, if he does a red table talk, I'm going to look at him funny. I, I, just lay low, Will. For, for two, three months, just lay low. You know what all Smith needs to do? If I was his publicist, I'd tell them, lay low. Don't say a word. Let Jaden and Willow continue to do their thing in public. Let, let Jaden continue to release music. Let Willow continue to be who she be. And then Will... You need to find the blackest of the blackity blackest co-stars and producers. In fact, you've got them. Tyler Perry and Denzel. Do a remake of The Color Purple. That's what you need oh, to do. They're already doing that. Ah, you better find your way into it. You just need to make... What, 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 what Will Smith needs is to understand that the blacks got him. Oh, God. So he needs to do a Tyler... <gasps> Medea. Medea is no, the Fresh Prince. no. no. <laughs> Yo, season two of Bel Air better come quick, bro. He, he doesn't have the, the most of the blacks love it. I think mo- most reasonable people that I've seen agree that yeah, he went overboard. He shouldn't have slapped Will. I mean, uh, uh, Chris. But eh, you know, no, I'm not actually. I'm not averse to the slap. I'm averse to the nature of the slap because. But I also I, so part of me realizes like sometimes I don't know if you watch sports, Dan, um, but. In fact, of course you do. You know, sometimes the the coach, like, let's say, in fact, perfect example. Arsenal lost the game that they shouldn't have lost this week. I'm sure it hurt you. It was, it was, we did it for Patrick. Yeah. So, and let's say that goes on for two, three weeks. Now, the team are despondent, they're dejected, and the coach is trying whatever he can to, yo, my team is down. How do I get him going? And then the next time they're on the field, an, an opposing player, slight ta- ankle tap just even a slight ankle tap on one of his players so whoever who's who, 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 who plays for you guys is i don't even know anymore 
What, what are, the, are, the, are the Bayern? No, he's at Barcelona. Who plays for you these days? I don't even know none of them. Ozil. Oh, no, he's in Turkey. Who plays for you okay, these days? Let's go with Saka. It's fine. Okay, so Saka ankle tap falls. Oh, no. And then Arteta loses. Flips out. Like, like unexplained. Flips out. Throws his clipboard at people. Goes ham. Goes crazy. And people are like, what the hell's going on with Arteta? But all the players are like, yo, Arteta's got our back. That was over the top. But now we're going to win the game for him. And it fires up the team. You know what I mean? You know those type of moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes you need that. And I think Will Smith needed that because I think the conversation is, is, is slanted a little. Granted, there's still a lot of people saying, oh, he slapped the wrong person. He should be slapping Uncle Celsini. Blah, 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 blah. Why would I be slapping someone who's already proved all they want to do is yap their mouths? Even after this, Uncle Celsini was yapping his mouth again. Then he put out a song. <laughs> ah, what? So, so, I hear you, um, and I, I don't think I, I haven't changed my mind either. But I do have a little bit more of. Um, at the time, it was kind of funny to me, but th- there's several things that came out. Number one, on Chris Rock's side, um, we've all okay. When we recorded, in my mind, I thought that there was a consistent um, period of time that Chris Rock had been disrespecting Will Smith and Jade. Mm. I mean, because, I mean, you know, in 2016 when he said that stuff and then this time, that's it. There's no other times. Publicly. We we, we can only work with what we know. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. So from, from what I know, obviously with new information, you can change your mind. But for now, he said it that time, he said it this time. So this consistent, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Secondly, um, Chris Rock has his own issues. Chris Rock is not perfect. Chris Rock has had a terrible childhood and he's got his own mental health issues and whatever. So it's not just Will Smith with mental health issues that need to be considered. It's also Chris Rock. So yes, Chris Rock said something foul. Uh, objectively, it's not the foulest thing that has ever been said. Not at all. He made not fun of he made of Jada Smith's uh, uh, he made fun of Jada Smith's bald head. Fine, it was because of alopecia. So ah, you shouldn't make fun of people's diseases. But to be fair, he didn't really make fun of people's diseases. He just made fun of the fact that she's bald. Still bad. It's not a good thing. It's a joke that's below him, as we discussed last week. But Chris Rock is not a superhuman. He's allowed to also make a misstep, especially as we discussed. It was probably just an off-the-top kind of a, a an ad-lib joke that he came up with on the spot. Cool. So here's a situation where Will Smith made a small mistake, in my opinion. Smallish. Bigish, but smallish. In that he went up and he slapped Chris Rock. The reason I call it smallish is because I think that a lot of people in that same situation could probably have done the same thing. On the flip side, Chris Rock also made a small mistake. He said something that was kind of foul about Jada. He shouldn't have said that. Respect black women, especially when they're in a, a room surrounded by their peers. Absolutely wrong. You shouldn't do that. But in the moment, it was probably just a small, not not well thought out, um, you know, a, a, a improvised joke that he threw out and received badly. Shouldn't have been thrown out. If you were in a comedy club, it would have just been, oh, damn, shouldn't use that in my next set or just remember not to say that. But you're on one of the biggest stages in the world. You said it in front of live TV. So that small misstep has been made bigger. So it's it's just a case of reactions and and decisions that were made that in the in the moment that they were made there were small mistakes but then because of the 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 implications of what they were they were made into these huge things. So I'm I'm no I'm not really in that space at the time where I was like wow Chris Rock was so foul for what he did. Yes he was foul for what he did, but I kind of see it as a a small misstep or a mistake that any human being can make. I've been in a situation where I have a script and I know this is what I'm supposed to say, but you know, you're trying to be natural. You're trying to add in some ad-libbing and improvising and whatever. And it's very easy to slip up, go off script, say the wrong thing. And now you've offended someone that happens all the time. 
So that that's the only change that I would make that I don't necessarily sit here and vilify Chris Rock as much as I did last week. At the, at the same time, I still think he did something wrong, but I'm not vilifying him as much as I was or the right. space that I was in last week. And I, I don't think I ever, personally, I never vilified Chris. I don't, I, I'd like to think I don't. I, I am in the same boat as you. People make mistakes, right? And we should never be judged by our mistakes. However, if you, you cannot control, and we've said it before, intention does not equal result, mm-hmm. right? The intention is a joke. The result is, yo, this is hurt. I don't know Will Smith. We, we don't know what, what it is that triggered him, but something clearly triggered him, right? And there was a response. And the mere fact that this debate has happened to go on for so long shows that on both sides, there was fault and there was justification. I would then expect as some form of society to realize, okay, both people are wrong. Um, my man has apologized. Whether Chris has accepted that apology or not, I don't know yet. Which is another thing. It's weird how that fake Chris Rock statement was doing the rounds. Like, yeah, people don't fact check nothing. Even, even like the most recent story about Jada, uh, she allegedly said that she it didn't says want insiders to. it's insiders and, and you know who reported it was it not the daily mail it's, the daily mail is a tabloid bruh okay can we guys chill out okay come on come on so that's the other thing but that uh, having been said i also don't want us you know what phil i feel like sometimes because we've spent so much time like talking about mental health and you know trying to dis- discuss the serious side of things some things are just funny, all right? Yes, yeah. two grown men who... Fo- I mean, it was objectively, so, it's funny. Do you know the, and do you know the, the funny thing about this is? We see videos like this on Twitter every day. Just with poor people. It's usually accomp- accompanied with this ad lib. World star! <laughs> but because it's rich people, all of a sudden it's a big deal. The thing that I don't get, and as you as we started this conversation with this, now Pro- Will Smith projects are being put on hold. What? Guys, you know, like, there's producers in Hollywood. Half your Weinstein Productions, Weinstein Productions as a company, was still operational until they fell for bankruptcy just before he was found guilty. There are directors who are known for sexual abuse and sexual assault still functioning. I'm not even going to go into the, the Oscar stuff because we discussed that last week. There are directors who have been found guilty of pedophilia, have been accused of pedophilia, who are still operating. There are people in the industry who looked the other way when other people like Kevin Spacey were involved in pedophilia and abuse and molestation of underage children and are still making movies. So what the hell are y'all talking about? Just because you saw the slap, all of a sudden it's now, uh, it's now been equated to some massive felony. Granted, it's assault. I'm not even going to deny that. Yeah, but uh, it's, uh, it's, not like, it's not like Will Smith pulled a gun out on stage and shot chris in the head you know like do you know what the, i mean like the joker or something do you know and do you know the weird thing about all this like is everybody need to and and actually on this philip just while you say i'm, I'm uh, before you conclude i'm on your point just adding to it i saw people including freaking what's the name of the the white woman who was also the co-host amy schumer whatever oh i was triggered oh tri- are you insane well, you were triggered because you saw a little slap. First and foremost. Man, if y'all and, don't and, and get the, the other thing that, that's killed me is like all these white people who are like, well, if he does this on stage, what does he do to his wife and his, and his oh staff in the problem? Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. Or, or Judd Apatow and his, he could have killed him. No, he could have. The, man, the, if the best one was that tweet with the bees. Did you see that tweet? Yes. <laughs> what if the hand was with the bees and no one had an EpiPen? No, but 
Um, okay. It's bad. It's assault. But let's not blow this out of proportion, guys. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what the funny thing is? Um, and maybe it's a maybe, maybe maybe it's a sign that the world has progressed. But if you're a Jamie Fox fan, um, Jamie Fox released a, a special a couple of years ago. I think it's almost two decades. And then he spoke of a story when he was shooting any given Sunday with LL Cool J. And if you guys remember, there was stories around that around that set that Jamie Foxx and LL Cool J got into a fight. Jamie Foxx details that story. And he's even like, yo, I got my ass handed to me by LL Cool J simply because we couldn't get along on set. <laughs> as far as I remember. Why would you fight with LL Cool J, bro? <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> As far no, but you, Jimmy Jamie was also a jack. LL. But Jamie was also a jack. Mm, but also, Dan, it goes back to the other point we said. Sometimes you've got to go to the No, even if you're losing, you've got to you gotta prove, hey, I know punk. Anyway, my point being is just because that fight wasn't seen on camera, nothing happened. Yep. But it like people knew it. Yeah. So And, and once again, LL Cool J doesn't doesn't bitch slap. Because what he what he gave Chris Rock was a slap. A little pop. You know what I mean? LL Cool J, if you recall, knocked out people breaking into his home. You remember that story? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get swung on by LL Cool J, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Did Jamie Foxx file a report? Did he complain? Did he try to get LL blackballed? Did LL Cool J? I don't, I don't think anyone's trying. Okay, I don't think no. Chris, for example, is trying to get... Will so it's, the thing is that no, the thing is the other thing I was going to talk about. We don't know this because I've been seeing the PR games, and I know I can see a PR game a mile away. Like when I started seeing people pulling up videos of the Chris Rock show from twenty five years ago of him dissing Jada Pinkett, and people saying, "Well, this is this just shows a history of misogyny noir," and then they're they're listing all the, like they found every every offside joke Chris Rock has ever made, and they made a supercut quick. Fam, no one is making a supercut that quick without financial incentive. No one has the time. It's okay. So PR doesn't mean it doesn't mean Will or Jada commissioned it. It could mean someone who's looking for hits on their site. And it could mean No, no, no. That was, I, it could I, I, mean I, someone completely devoid of this situation, but he just hates Chris Rock. And he but, was but, waiting for but, the opportunity. But but that's my point. That's, that's why I say the PR games. But the thing is. Um, and as humans, if an if you make an argument strong enough, even though it's not fully rooted in the truth, it can sway your decision one way or the other, right? And that's kind of my point. Mm. We're now just trying to see like who's trying to make the stronger point. In my opinion, the Chris Rock the Chris Rock PR team are down a, a couple rounds, but at the same time, Chris Rock doesn't need to do anything. Did you see, my man's got a standing ovation in Boston, one of the most racist, progressive cities wasn't in he, the world. Wasn't he selling tickets for over a thousand a pop? No, he wasn't. Stop up. So they're on the secondary market. But even before that, Chris Rock and Kevin Hart did, had already sold out Madison Square Garden for three straight nights. And he's about to go on tour. If I'm Chris Rock, and I, and I think about, if I, if, I, if I look at this objectively, obviously, as a man, as a father, you like no one wants to get slapped on TV. Like that, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Like I don't want I don't want that for anyone, right? Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the way he immediately back down, and I won't. 
In fact, you need, you need to play that song. Yeah, no, <laughs> like the Kifnis one. <laughs> ah, no, it's the Kifnis. No, no, okay, no. no we, we don't <laughs> okay. miss the Kifnis anymore. Kifnis let me down. Good God. But point being, outside of that, career-wise, Chris Rock is going to be fine. I think relationship-wise, Chris Rock is going to be fine. I don't think anyone is looking at Chris Rock a different way because of that joke. If they, if they liked him before, they'll still like him. They'll just be like, yo, my mans, you said something out of pocket. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that baffles me about all these responses. It's like, do you guys live in the real world? Because I've been to many, I've been to many a family function. I've been to many a bride, many, many, many things, many groupings amongst friends where someone has said the wrong thing. And even where someone's been slapped. Exactly. And it might have even seemed innocent to other people. They were slapped. An explanation was given like, no, my man's crossed the line here. And it's not your responsibility to determine where the line is. And you're like, I, all my man's did was throw a slap, went back to his seat, told him I slapped him, moved on. It's also, you know what the other big problem is? And it's, it's, a, it's a much broader discussion. Social media, uh, specifically Twitter, has created this culture of everyone must share their opinion immediately and it has to be a hard opinion. And that's just not true. I want you guys to free yourselves from that shackle. You don't need to share your opinion. You don't. You don't. Listen, Phil and I sometimes share our opinions because we have a podcast and we know that people want to listen to our opinions. But even on other things, we're just like, eh, uh, no, none of my business, don't care. Mm. And actually, I, I, th- the reason I love this podcast as well, even when this whole thing happened, I was about to tweet something. I was like, nah, I'll talk about it on the podcast. You don't need to share your opinion. Chill. You don't need to always share. Choose the things that you're going to share your opinion on. Not every single thing that happens all the time requires your opinion. And then the problem is once you share your opinion, new information comes out, you're still like, nah, this is the hill I choose to die on. That That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, let's anyway, move let's on. Move on. Yeah, yeah. So move, move, moving on from, from one, one thing to another. Tori Lanez was in jail for a few hours because of tweets. Speaking of tweets, so you know what I've got some I've got some opinions about this case. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to share them un- until September. Uh, I'm, I'm already very worried about now. <laughs> Philip, we have agreed what our opinions are. What? What? We have agreed that Tory Lanez is in the wrong. Uh, we have all agreed that. No. That's that's the hill we are dying on. I don't care what comes. <laughs> up. So there's just a lot of things that are making sense. <laughs> Like, it's no like like and I think it's no no no, 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 no. Let me no, save. No. Let me say. I'm, I'm, let me save you. Allow me, please. Allow me to save you. Please save save me, Daddy. You see, we we shouldn't always. I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm speaking in, in general in public. We always create a hero and a villain, black and white, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Megan the Stallion is the the innocent hero who survived this terrible attack by the villain Tory Lanez. Real life is never that. It's never that. It's always much more complicated. Yeah, exactly. There's always nuance. It's a lot. There's stuff that's hidden, stuff that was never came to light. There's stuff that will never be spoken about. Tory can't speak about it because he already knows he's in the wrong and Megan will never speak about it because public opinion is one way. But then ultimately, at the end of the day, Tory Lanez hurt Megan. So, no. (sighs) That's, so the thing that, that, the thing that, and part of the reason why he went to jail is it was inconclusive. So there was a DNA finding in the court case, which academics spoke on, but 
the one of the the reason why the judge did not give a more harsher sentence to Tory Lanez is academics misreported it, and then the judge was like, okay, because this guy misreported it and misreported it this way, there's no way he actually saw the court ruling. What he heard was conjecture, so I can't figure, I can't determine where he heard that conjecture from. So I'm not going to accuse Tory Lanez or his team of releasing court documents, but. What, um, in fact, let, let, let me get the official thing so I, I don't mispronounce. So I don't misspeak, rather. I mean, so, okay. So, um, so Tory Lane's lawyer, Sean Holly, argued that Lane's did not provide a third party Twitter user and a YouTube personality known as DJ Academics. The funniest part is there's a, there's a judge. Let's just say DJ Academics name. <laughs> so known as DJ Academics with any discovery in the case before Academics tweeted on February 23rd that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the weapon in the Meg the Stallion case. What he said is incorrect, Holly told the court, Tuesday referring to the now-deleted tweet that caused the so- social media firestorm. What DJ Academics said is that the DNA was not found on the weapon and in fact, the swab of the gun indicates inconclusive that there were four contributors. So basically what that says is there were four different pieces of DNA found on the gun, but it did not definitively say Tory Lane's DNA was found on the gun. So it's inconclusive, but it doesn't fully exonerate him. It just means, hmm, it's not an open and shut case. And there's also four pieces of DNA. And then as the story broke, I mean, as we're recording, there's now rumors of an eyewitness saying that actually, a woman shot Tor, uh, Megan, not Tory. Mm. So there's that, right? I'm gonna be patient. Let the, let the the legal system as flawed as it is down with Tory. Down <laughs> yeah. with him. So, and I remember when we spoke about it. I we did say like, yo, if Tory did this, because we did say if this is the biggest fumble that we've ever seen. Because remember the trajectory he was on. Yeah. But then now, in, in my solemn moments, I start thinking and I realize, wait a minute. Tory had become literally one of the hottest men in the industry, right? His, his star, Daystar Stowers. Like, oh, the other funny thing I, I, I noticed in this case. So, you know, Tory Lane's name is Daystar, right? Mm. Guess what his dad's name is? Nightstar. Close. What is it? Night Moon. Moon Knight. Eric Knight. No. Knight Rider. No. Sunstar. <laughs> so it's Sunstar Peterson and his son Daystar Peterson. Oh, lovely. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> consistency. It's consistency for me. So um, we said, yo, this man is the hardest thing cooking right now. Um, quarantine radio was blowing up the streets. And then remember, he, he, he had just got out of his deal with Universal. And remember, remember at the time, there was some friction there because you're saying, I'm going to reveal all these files in Universal. Then he stopped. Right? At the same time, you remember Meg, and to this day, she, the, the, still the issue because she's been tweeting about it. She has an issue with 300 and her old label from Houston. Mm. Right? Yep. And if you've been following the news, 300 just sold for a lot of $100 million. And if you remember last year, 300 was about to face bankruptcy, even though they had artists like Ghana. They used to have the Migos. They had... Um, uh, young, young thug. I'm forgetting the other one. 
Jeez Louise, I'm forgetting his name, the fat dude. Man, makes good music. Anyway. It's not fat. We don't use fat. Okay. The, the large fellow. Yes. We say obese. <laughs> anyway, they had, they had a solid roster. And they just sold. And then at the same time, every time there's a, a news from the court, within a day, there's always a press release from Meg's team that kind of doesn't make sense. So remember a few months ago when this first story first when this story first broke about the DNA, Meg announced, "Yo, first look deal from Netflix." I'm like, "All right, bro, ready, boy, cool, 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 cool." Then they they announced the new court date, there's a new level of discovery, and then Meg said, "Yo, we're doing a documentary, a streaming platform to be announced." But didn't you just say you got a first look deal from Netflix? So did Netflix pass on the deal, or are you guys just trying to? control the news cycle stuff like that is just having me ask questions it's just peculiar i i i'm not i'm not i'm not making a determination i'm just saying it's very peculiar especially considering mm, we see where phil is going with this you are yeah. team tory huh okay no dude i'm team the truth and mm, i, I don't see care I, about the truth i'm team meg i see seen meg i see where I'm games have been played speaking, no. speaking of as an aside truth schmooth team meg as as an aside um you see her at the Grammys? I, I did. As, a, as an aside, that's another thing. Like she's, she's been in a lot of places. She's been very public. As an aside, um, on Sunday, I was looking for a quick app workout. So I, I normally have an app workout. I was bored of it. I was like, you know, let me go check the night training app. And I happened, I, I searched app workouts that, that were under 20 minutes. And there's a Make the Stallion app workout. So I was like, ah, you know what? Is she in it? Is there a video? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's one of the worst. Oh, my God. Oh, she does this talk. Oh my god, you hotty! Oh my god, we are hotty. We gonna do this workout. It's like it's like fifteen minutes. I think we, there's only like three minutes of ab workout. The rest is just, just complaining. Yeah, I mean, I do have to. Yeah, I do have to say it's uh, it's not pleasant to listen to her speak. <laughs> oh my god, we got work. You that know. whole hotty hotty. But although I, I enjoyed listening to her talk about anime, that's always interesting. Did you did you watch her um, her hot ones interview? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, they, they were sponsored when she launched her Popeyes mm. thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's actually move on to the Grammys, Philip. Mm. The Grammys were held th- this past weekend. Uh, I'm said to report that nobody was slapped, um, or, or or rather, let me let me phrase it the way that uh, the host Trevor Noah did. We're going to be listening to some music. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be singing. We're going to be keeping people's names out of our mouths, and we're going to be giving out awards. There we go. All right, people's names were kept out of mouths. But the Grammy Awards did indeed happen this past week. You know what I just remembered, Dan? Why did we lose this? We need to bring this back. We need to bring this back as our segue. That's, that's not a great song, yeah. I think we agreed that last year. <laughs> but that was a good segue, you know. All right, let's talk about some of the big major talking points from the Grammys. First of all, um, I already mentioned the host was Trevor Noah. I am quite impressed with Trevor as a host, as an events host. He is meticulous with his planning, his, his execution is just, well done, Trevor. Mm-hmm. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Um, some people in South Africa say that he had a, a joke specifically for South Africans. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear if you if you think this is indeed true. 
this is what happened. You see, Trevor Noah was during, it was during the opening monologue of the Grammys. He's welcoming everyone. And you know, when you call out like, oh, over here, we've got Justin Bieber. Over there, I saw Nas standing next to Lil Nas X. That was actually funny because Nas is smaller than Lil Nas X. <laughs> Nas, Lil Nas, you know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. He's making his jokes, blah, blah, blah. And then he makes this reference to BTS. Everybody else, everyone's here. What's going on, Billy Porter? How you doing? I actually met BTS backstage, and I got to show them some of my dance moves. And uh, Jungkook said I was uh, Mushuan, and I don't speak Korean, but I, I think it means pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, so South Africans were like, "Yeah, Trevor Noah gave us a private joke." I don't, I don't know. Okay, why don't we just check Google Translate? I, I did, I did. That's what I was doing like yeah. earlier on today. So um, first of all, I couldn't check Google Translate because I don't know how to phonetically change that word into whatever Korean isn't there isn't there like a well the korean version of pinyin that's what I, I couldn't find it so what i ended up doing is searching on twitter because thankfully i'm sure some helpful korean person who speaks both languages would translate and uh the person on twitter said um there's actually no word like that what trevor Noah probably meant is a word like musiosio or something like that which means awesome oh so that was an idiot <laughs> so probably <laughs> So yeah. it's, <laughs> 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 when he got it on TV. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yo, that is so high school. That, that is so but high I love school. it. I really hope. I hope he didn't miss. I really hope that's what he was doing because well, that's hilarious. Put that in the nose. One day we interview Trevor. We need to ask him. <laughs> yeah, we have to ask him. <laughs> so that's the first thing. Second thing, uh, let's talk about some of the big winners. Uh, congratulations to John Baptiste to walk away with five Grammys. I feel like I know John Baptiste because I watched the Stephen Colbert show. I was going to ask, if he wasn't on the Colbert show... I would not have known. But no, how many heard, awards do you think he would have won? I mean, I know that Freedom song. That's a dope song, you know? It's like, a, it's very funky. Uh, but honestly, I don't know his music at all, apart from that song. So, mm -hmm. no idea. I haven't even saw about his album. Have you saw about his album? You mean Album of the Year, We mm. Are, by mm. John Baptiste? Mm. I have not. Mm. Um, so wait, does he... Is he going back to the Colbert show? Wait. The Grammys are CBS, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but the Academy is supposed to be independent of the broadcast partner. No, of course. Of course. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we had a representative from the Grammys on our podcast. So. Who <laughs> left soon after. <laughs> Yo, my man's, my man's, I, I don't know. I think our interview is, 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 is what got him fired. <laughs> You're revealing industry secrets. Reveal any secrets, let's be honest. Anyway, uh, so yeah, album of the year went to John Baptiste. We are, I mean, that's the two biggest um, uh, awards are always album of the year and record of the year. Mm. So John Baptiste was the biggest, we are. And then uh, record of the year went to... I'm gonna leave the door open. I'm gonna leave the door open, open. What you doing? Where you at? Oh, you got plans. Don't say that. Um, Silk Sonic, a.k.a. What the hell was that? What, what, what the hell was that? What was that? That was, that was my rendition of uh, Record of the Year, Leave the Door Open. Okay. By, um, by um, uh, the Jerry Curl Boys. Okay. And uh, Best Pop Duo or Group Performance, Doja Cat and SZA. Nice. Uh, with Kiss Me More. Best pop vocal album, Olivia Rodrigo, Sour. Okay, I guess maybe the Disney push. I don't know. Like, He'll name one Olivia Rodrigo song. One, I, just I, one. I, I, on. I won't even lie. I, I can't even lie. Then, and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
Best R&B album was nice to see that go to Jasmine Sullivan. That was a good album. No, but wasn't it a tie? Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think it was a tie. It was no Jasmine Sullivan won, but I, I think. Um, <sighs> so the other thing is like, I was actually surprised BTS didn't win for for what best pop. Yeah, best pop and duo. Best pop and uh, best pop duo or group performance. Mm, I mean, Doja Cat representing for South Africa. Yo, did you did did you? <sighs> shame, a father so. He's such a bad person. You mean the conversation with Whoopi? But that's an old conversation. No, no, no. But he was on. A, he was in the comments congratulating. Oh my gosh! And sha. And then people tra- started bringing up those old interviews of all the times, like. Um, she's been asked about her dad and she's like yo like if he wants to reach out to me he knows what I, how to holler like he's always in my Instagram comments oh my god yo do you know I don't that's my biggest fear brah hey, please lord never let me become a deadbeat oh god for those of you who are wondering what we're talking about Doja Cat uh, American celebrity is uh, originally of South African descent her real name is uh, what is it Zandile Zandile Dlamini Zandile Dlamini uh, her father, Dumisani Dlamini, is a well-known actor in South Africa. Papa who, Action. Who has never seen his daughter. Papa Action. So one day, Zandile Dlamini, a.k.a. Doja Cat, was talking to Whoopi Goldberg. I was like, damn, I remember you from Sarafina. And Whoopi was like, what? It's like, yeah, you were in it with my dad. Your dad? Dumisani. What? It's like, yeah, you've met him, but I've never met him. <laughs> then Whoopi's looking like, oh, uh, uh. I'm sure she was about to say, he's a lovely man. I loved him. Shane, please don't be deadbeat dads. Please, if you listen to Two Broke Trimbos and you're deadbeat dad, just unsubscribe. Or keep it subscribed, but don't listen. <laughs> um, okay, let's keep going through the Grammy winners. Anything interesting? Um, so I think about- best reggae. Best reggae. We've got, to, we've got to give. We've got to give. Obviously, first and foremost, big up to Black Coffee. Um, you know. Ay, well, wait, Philip, we need to give it the... the- Okay, we'll, 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 but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll give it back. But um, forget I, Phil said anything. Um, so okay. Phil has mentioned uh, best reggae. So this is quite funny. I, I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can pull up the video. Uh, give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Um, what of the acceptance speech? Yeah, but they're like, bring up your bedroom. <laughs> Praise Gabriel Solasia. So um, if you don't understand what's going on, all right. Let, let's let me just start off with the the, the win announcement. For Best Reggae Album, the nominees are Atana, hey. Gramps Morgan, isn't Natio on that? Sean Paul, Give it a Jesse Royal, Soja, Spice. Grammy goes to Soja. Soja, my brethren, soldiers of the God levels high. Sound of a thing, man. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I'm just gonna fast, fast forward until they get on the stage. You know, as true Rastafari, I didn't take the time. Um, we want to thank uh, all our influences when we were growing up. Starting a reggae band was kind of our dream and oh the only God, thing look we at wanted his, to do. Look at his hair. Um, and then one look day this people started mess. coming to the shows, and we're not really sure what happened. 
Um, but thank you to the Academy, to Red... So if you're wondering why the people who won Best Reggae sound like that, that is the question. Management and Elliot and the ATO Records. Thank you, guys. To the founding fathers of reggae music into the island of Jamaica, you inspired us all. Give thanks. One love. One love, my brethren. One love, my brethren. Love, give thanks. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> love y'all. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Are they all going to speak? So, oh, oh, so not, before you comment, in fact, let's, you know, let, let's, not, let's not speak from a place of ignorance. So I've loaded up the artist page. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a few songs from the last album. Mm-hmm. I'm going to randomly pick one. Ooh, they've got a song with UB40. Nice. Okay, let's, uh, let's hear it. The Pioneers of White Reggae. When you need me, you beg me stay. And when you don't, you just yeah, walk away. And your shadow is all I see. And then you live in my memory. Yeah, so I beg you turn around and come back to. Man, coffee fat songs better than this man. What the hell is this bullshit? <laughs> okay, so okay, these are white people from what, where is it? Virginia or something like that? The DMV, bruh. And if you've been to the outside of outside of Washington, the DMV is really white and really racist. They're from Virginia in America. They basically it's just a bunch of white people like, oh, we love reggae. Let's form a band. And then they made a band and now they're they've they've won a Grammy. But the home of reggae, Jamaica, I don't know that. They were nominated alongside actual... It's like, okay, okay. I know I've spoken before about how I'm a piano is a... I would love to see global artists do I'm a piano. But if right now the, if right now the Grammys had best I'm a piano as a category, and then it was won by Steve and... Uh, <laughs> Steve and Trey from Alabama... <laughs> We, we, or, or Steve from Quakeway, you know what you're saying? <laughs> at least, at least Quakeway, there's at least there's there's some level of proximity. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fine, it's not South Africa, but Zimbabwe, but do I'm saying Steve from Virginia, from from Alabama, and yeah, thank you very much for you know for making I'm a piano uh, a mainstream. I just want to give thanks and yanos to the world, DJ Mafuri, sir. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, the pioneers. And then they ended by saying, "Is she? Thank you, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> South Africa would justifiably be mad. So a lot of people in Jamaica, I think a lot of people were were, were peeping spice. <laughs> Are you okay, therefore? No, just this is physically fighting with the microphone. No, no. It, it, a lot of people are like Spice has an amazing album. Spice is probably the one that's going to win, or if not Spice, anyone. Heck, Sean Paul. Yes, he's ah, commercial. Sp- Spice, yes. Spice has too much mentions of and you know, in that project. It's too much. But anyway, yeah. So a lot of people were mad uh, at that. But let's look at some of the other the big categories. I'm not going to mention every single one, but um, I think we mentioned some albums. Um, best R&B album, we mentioned that. Best rap performance, Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. Interesting. Um, that is interesting. Um, best new artist, Olivia Rodrigo. Eh, 
<laughs> Song of the Year. Leave the door open. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. Where you at? I mean, that's an it's a phenomenal song. I was surprised that Lil Nas X didn't get anything, yo. Even after that performance, that was a that was just a performance. I did not. That was a solid performance, man. Best uh, rock performance went to the Foo Fighters, Making a Fire. Uh, they were not in in, in attendance. Uh, that is because of Taylor Lawson's death. We actually we actually want to talk about last week. R.I.P. Taylor Lawson. <sighs> so part of okay. I don't know. So you know, in fact, let me not even touch it. I, I, I had I had some interesting thoughts, but then I was just like, you know, it's not worth it. But why, one positive, if 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 you're like me, became a fan of alternative rock in the early 2000s, late 90s, which you constantly make fun of me for. I don't know why. No, no, no. I know that you you like death metal. No, of course not. At the time, the 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 the, the deathiest or metalist it went was like maybe Evanescence or or no, it's not death metal. It's not. That's what I'm saying. That's the the metalist it went. But that yeah. was technically called new metal. We, we, we're back. We're back. We're we're back, baby. Because Red Hot Chili Peppers and Foo Fighters got new albums out. So congratulations to Foo Fighters. I've I've loved Foo Fighters for a long time. They make incredible music. And what's wild is that. Okay, no, they, they, let's not go too too far down that road. Let's go. Let's go. Say it. Let's hear. Taylor Hawkins um, is the was the drummer for Foo Fighters, and uh, he died age fifty. Mm. So it looks like it might be drug related from what the officials in, I believe it was Brazil were saying. So it's sad, man. It's sad. It is quite sad. Yeah. So uh, that is quite unfortunate. Uh, but yeah. So, so Dave Grohl, lead singer of the Foo Fighters, was a drummer in Nirvana. That's wild. Imagine, imagine. Wait, you only just realized this? No, no, no. I, I've always known that, but it's, it's, it's. It's part of what makes them so amazing. The fact that imagine the drama. I guess we we have similar stories of like Anababara and whatever. So the drama of a band, the band is so famous that just being the drama makes you then you start your own band. It's like the most famous, one of the most famous rock bands of all time. So shout out to Foo Fighters, and it's a great album as well. I did go through it after watching uh, Dave Grohl's interview on Hot Ones. Uh, did you watch the movie? No. <laughs> the horror movie. No, I didn't. This was my jam. But actually, yeah, R.I.P. Taylor. Let's go back to the Grammys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Um Back to the Grammys. Let's keep on talking about the different categories that uh, people won in. Um, I'm going to skip that one because we want to come back to it. Uh, best rock song, again, was Foo Fighters, Waiting on a War. Um, best R&B performance. That was the one where there was a tie uh-huh. of the album. So R&B performance was Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open, and Jasmine Sullivan, Pick Up Your Feelings. That's kind of weird. I don't know why there'd be a tie. But that was, okay, this category was stacked. Because it was uh, Jasmine Sullivan, Silk Sonic, Her, Justin Bieber, featuring Daniel Caesar and Give You by the way, I loved seeing all the, all the resurrections of the Daniel season. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Daniel Caesar makes incredible music, but yo, yo, did my man put his foot in his mouth? So for those of you that don't know, um, the backstory being is, I'm even forgetting this. Yo, it's so bad. Yes, Jules. Yes, yes, yes Jules. Um, well, 
She just had a history of doing weird things. Like okay. she was trying to say, like, "Yo, can I wear the shirt?" And the shirt had the N word yes, on had, it. She had a shirt with the N word on it. People, you don't have to complicate it. It is complicated, but at its very basic. Um, yes, Jules was about to be cancelled for justifiable reasons, or not even. People were just holding her feet to the fire. Daniel Caesar then decided to go on live and said a lot of outlandish things, and basically why people are the winning team. You guys are just hating this, that, and the third. And you know what? If you guys want to cancel me, cancel me. And he basically stuck his career out for Yes, Jules, which is very unfortunate because Daniel Caesar makes great music, still makes great music, has an unfortunate face, but makes great music. Right? And I think, and I think, fruit bat. And I think because that unfortunate face, my man's felt he has to go above and beyond just to get any attention from women, which is, which, and he, he, he hitched his, his 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 wagon to the wrong horse, because how do you make R and B music and then you decide to cape to cape for for white women? Like, come on! So and he, come he, on. he's like, I dare you to cancel me. So Black Twitter canceled him. Everyone was just like, I bet. <laughs> and his numbers are still really good. Like he's still he's still doing good numbers because he he's, he makes great music, but he's just lost that that extra push that oomph. He was the next huge superstar. He was on his way to that. And my man's pitched up at the Grammys looking like he hadn't... Sl- you know what it looked like? It looked like he went to a wedding party the It night looked before. like he had just given the first human being corona. And then after that, he stepped on stage to see. <laughs> it looked like my man went attended a wedding on Friday <laughs> in a tuxedo and had been on a weekend-long bender up until Sunday. Immediately got up out of the limousine and then walked onto the red carpet because his collars was messed up. He was just not looking. Something was off with his look. And as you know, when you step on the red carpet at these prestigious events, what normally happens is someone will usher you to the photograph area where you'll stand in front of the paparazzi and they'll snap, 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 snap. And they'll say, like normally, Daniel, Daniel, look this way. Daniel, give us a smile. Daniel. You could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> <laughs> The best one was that comparison to the, the family guy thing. Okay. Did you see? We need to stop making fun of Daniel Caesar. My, my girl's a big fan. So, so it doesn't change she, the fact. She takes it personally. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> well, I've had some great times. <laughs> ah, no. It was, it was highly unfortunate. It was highly unfortunate. Actually, I missed it. Did he perform Peaches with Justin? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Okay. Yeah. So people had to see his face twice. <laughs> All right, best traditional R&B Yo, performance. Yeah, that we messed up, man. <laughs> Imagine think, your first Grammys, I, you've got to see Daniel Caesar's face twice in I, one night. I, I, love, I, I love how everyone was like, listen, we done been knew that he had an unfortunate face. Everyone knew. But we agreed that no one would ever mention it because my man's made amazing you know what music. I mean? As long as we like you. You know, like, you, know, like, you know, like when you're in school, there's that person who's just a top person. You know what I mean? Great they they help you with your homework. They always give you a sandwich. Just a top person. You know they look like they got beat with an ugly stick every morning for the first six years of their life. But you don't mention it because you know why? They're a good person and you don't want to hurt their feelings. All he had, all my man's had to do. Okay, let's say, let's say, yes, Jules was a good friend of his. Let's just say one day, yes, Jules had saved his life. So he felt the need to defend her. All he had to do was, hey guys, I like lay off my girl. I just chill out. No, 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 Dan, no, no. You don't even. Do, let me tell you what to do, guys. And let me tell you a lesson that I learned. You remember what we said in the beginning? 
Everyone has their day. Everyone has a, a day where they are the main character on Twitter. And you know what the main characters, if a good friend is a main character, not they do. What about if I said, man, I'm serious, man. <laughs> Phil, keep your head up, dog. Yo, dog, it's rough, eh? Do, dog, <laughs> you know you know, you know, what I do? Dog, just delete Twitter. Just deactivate for a week. They're going to forget about you in a couple of days. It's going to be fine. That's what a good friend will do. Is it a good defender by timeline? Could it be me? <laughs> All right, moving on. Best traditional R&B performance went to her for Fight For You. Um, Silk Sonic won another one for best R&B song. Hey, best rap album. This one's interesting. Tyler, the creator. Call me if you get lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting, but I know Tyler's got mad fans, like especially 16 to so 25. I, 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 think, I think the advantage is all the kids of the, the White Academy voters listen mm-hmm. to Tyler. Yeah. So they're like, oh, well, I guess my son, Billy loves him, so we got to vote. What, I mean, as a rap, what do I know about? But to be fair, it, I mean, it's, it's actually a good album. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a good album. It's a good album. Definitely. But Are, I don't think it's better than King's Disease 2 or, uh, okay, maybe King's no, Disease 2. King, King's Disease 2 deserved to win, but they weren't going to give him because he won last two, year. Two years in a row. Four, one and two, yeah. But he, but he, he should have. Jake called the off-season it wasn't great. It either. wasn't. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was good. It, it was. was a, it was a good was, J Cole album, but good. I think that's one of J Cole's better projects. I'd put it second. Second. Mm. First being, to be honest, my favorite J Cole project is a mixtape, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night yeah, Lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Friday Night Lights is is. But okay, of his of his studio albums. <laughs> let, let me. I've just, I've just forgotten which which Born album. Yes, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So the off season, okay. 2014 Forest Hills drives, KOD. Oh yeah, no, 2014 Forest Hills. For me, that's number one, I think. Yeah, actually, you're right. 2014, then... KOD, no, no, for your eyes only. KOD, I actually enjoyed it because of the deviation, but I I liked it just for the the different sound. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it, it was, it was almost like, uh, it was almost like when Kanye West made Yeezus. And unpopular opinion, even when Jesus dropped, I loved it. I still love that. That's one of my favorite Kanye albums. Well, okay, but like, when it first came out, it was like uh, no. When it first came out, I was like, I, I, I saw because the thing that the thing that got me is, and it's it's actually very weird because I've always been a very deep Daft Punk fan, mm-hmm. and I, I'd, I'd sound like a, a crazed person on a mushroom binge because I'd be like, guys, you don't understand. These guys are saying stuff without saying anything. And then there's a friend I put on to Daft Punk. And I told her, listen to Contact. I remember, remember the same time I tried to put you on to Contact? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same thing with them. And then the first time they were like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I think one day. Why got my drugs? Obvious. Then one day I got all my drugs and it made all the, all the sense to me. Fam, did I tell you every time I call this person? <laughs> in the bedroom, it's just Daft Punk. So that being said, I understood what Jesus was doing. On that project. That's why I loved it so much. In fact, let's rank them. Give me your top three Kanye albums. Top three Kanye albums. So, okay. My favorite Kanye albums. Um, this is always difficult for me because number one kind of switches between college dropout and late registration. Sometimes even graduation, how I'm feeling. But for me, those are the top three. But, okay, okay. If when I listen back to that at the time, ah oh man, I got to take so much into consideration. Okay, okay, okay. Here's, here's, here's the definitive list. Here's the definitive list. Look at this dude, cop, cop and please, bro. Number one, graduation. Uh huh. Number two, 
Number two, I'm going to put a tie between college dropout and late registration. Mm-hmm. Number three, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm-hmm. Number four, number four, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Number five, the life of Pablo. I said top three, but okay. Ah, wait. Oh my god. Because I did kind of like eight. We ain't five. got it, bro, 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 five, bro. We ain't got it. Don't spend no money. Ain't got no clothes. Ain't got no cars. Ain't got no hoes. We broke. Bro, bro. Do you know, like I was listening to old Kanye, and I actually, I, I actually cried. Did you watch? Did you watch the documentary? Yeah, that's actually why I went back, and I was like, okay, this guy's always been a, a bit of a, of, a of, of as the the BTS guy would say, I'm seen. <laughs> <laughs> and it hurt because I was like, yo, we loved Kanye so much. He was the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. um I start because of that. I don't know, maybe because I had watched it on Netflix. Maybe I searched for something on YouTube or Google. I don't know. But then YouTube recommended uh, some white kid says my dad listens to Kanye West or something. So it's just this, it's this kid who puts his white dad on on rap albums and just gets his opinion. So I literally sat and watched along as this white dad listened to College Dropout, Late Registration, um, Graduation. I'm going through. I was like, damn man. These albums were incredible, yo. These were such good albums. Yeah. So part of part of me was like, yo, the guy was uh, was he's him soon. But then I'm like, ah, but guys, if I drop those five albums back back to back, back uh, to back, dude. ah, uh, you can't, you, you can't. wait till I get my money because right? you cannot tell me nothing. And that's why I also understand why so many people are so defensive of him because. Those five albums back to back, guys. To put it to put it in perspective, Donda. No, no one is no one is arguing that is Kanye's best work. Nope. Donda is a Grammy award winning <laughs> album. Two Grammy awards for best melodic rap performance for uh, Hurricane and uh, best rap song. Keep in mind for Jail. Guess who's going to jail tonight? Caveat that with. Kanye is blackballed by the Grammys. Yep. He was supposed to perform and they had to blackball him. Imagine, fam, do you know how good your album has to be for them to be like, ah, no, we are blackballing him. But damn it, we can't, ah, we, like, we can't justify can, can we, it. Can we cancel, can we cancel the win? We can't, hey, we can't justify not giving him. What's the minimum number of wins we can give him? Two. Can we cut it down at all? No, sir. And you know, with those two wins, Kanye is now, I think he's tied Jay-Z for the most Grammys or he overtook Jay-Z. Ah, <sighs> But yeah, ish. and those are, the thing is, those are good songs. Um, you know, and, one day we should just have that'll be actually be a fun Twitter space. This like we just have a Twitter discussion on just like our favorite Kanye albums. Mm. That's a that's a long discussion. Um, even the other day, I was listening to Watch the Throne. Mm. I mean, not not it's not the best of what you'd expect of that collaboration to be. Mm. But he had some damn good songs, man. And, and when you and you listen to, well, if you're to believe the story that Kanye told on Drink Champs mm. about how he basically was like, "Yo, watch the throne." I took all my, I took like nine tracks from my project and brought them in, and Jay was holding on to his best songs for for Holy Grail. You're like, "Yo," she ended up being a mid album. Because when at the end of the day, when you think about it, to this day. Niggas in Paris 
That's untouchable. That's still the that's the stadium mover. That's the one. <laughs> Yo, I saw the funniest TikTok today. Did you see? Have you seen it? Mm. So there's this black dude is like, why do all black people put their fridge in the freezer? And then some Arab dude watches it and he goes, huh? And then he opens his fridge and then there's um, bread in the freezer. Oh. And he goes like, oh. And then you see him catching a flight. And then the next thing you do, you, you, you see him dancing around the Eiffel Tower and then the back goes, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding It reminds me of... Um, It reminds me of someone, something similar again like that, with like some Twitter item, like black people do this, this is some white person's like, I do that. I, I, so, so who was in Paris then? <laughs> like, then it just ends there. Anyway, so, okay, let's go to the, the big one. Mm -hmm. Zimbabwe has made it, guys. We, 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 we've made it. Tapinda, tapinda. Tapinda, tapinda. First of all, we have to, we have to celebrate. We have to celebrate. <laughs> Congratulations, South Zimbabwe. Because um, <laughs> Best Dance or Electronic Album at the Grammys went to our very own Black Coffee for his <laughs> album Subconsciously. Yeah. Mixed feelings about that, but yeah. Why mixed feelings? Okay, Pearl Tusi, why do you have mixed feelings? Did you see what happened to Pearl Tusi? Uh, I don't know if you've been following, but his ex-wife has accused him of being abusive. Philip. Everyone we've just discussed here who won an award. Actually, you're right. <laughs> yeah, the music industry is rotten, you bro. Yeah. This is why I always say, guys, don't look. If I, I, I would, I would venture to say that a majority of artists, creatives, and so on, very often because creativity is often linked to to not very stable environments. I would, I would venture to say that a majority of our, of creatives have engaged in deplorable behavior. So maybe don't look too deep is what I'm saying. Um, at the same time, obviously, I don't mean they shouldn't face consequences. Not at all. They must face consequences. I mean, when you are choosing whether to consume their art or not. But um, yeah, so shout out to Black Coffee for winning um, Best Dance or Electronic Album. Um, I mentioned Pearl Tusi. Pearl Tusi tweeted, I can't believe they achieved. They, they didn't give, oh, I didn't mention, um, I didn't mention the... Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, best global music album went to Angelique Kidjo. No, that's a, we'll come back to that. Finish Mother Nature. Yeah, we'll so I was, I was about to reference it. So Pearl Tusi basically tweeted, I can't believe they, 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 they nimad, I believe were exact words. I can't believe they nimad Wizkid, <laughs> a, a Grammy. So everyone's like, oh, so you hate black coffee? Oh, okay, cool. So you hate South Africa? I was like, I mean, I'm happy to jump on some Pearl Tusi hate every now and again. You know what I'm saying? But I'm on a guys, at least this time, I feel like it's unwarranted. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I've I've spoken about it multiple times, but the world music category is nonsensical. It's stupid. It needs to go. It makes no sense. Understandable. Understandable. But I also kind of understand why it's there because the alternative is each country's no, no, category. No. It's... I think that's a lazy... That's a lazy excuse. Or it's not an excuse. The, I'm not very, saying it should be the, there. At the very least... At the very least, because they do it in other genres and in other movies, you can just say divided to region. So, okay, we know the Grammys specifically focus on the Western slash North American market, right? America, but right. they try to but, act like. But it's but not but the thing world. is, the Recording Academy doesn't purport that the the, the the Recording Academy purports to be a global um, endeavor. 
which is why we had someone from the the, the, the Grammys on our podcast, right? Mm-hmm. If they were just American, they'd be like, why are we interviewing for Zimbabwe? No, because they're trying to reach out globally. At the very least, have it for, okay, Southern Af- South, South America, Africa. If you want to subdivide Africa, even better. East Asia, South Asia, that type of thing. Because it's so convoluted. It doesn't make sense, right? That you have tens and tens upon categories. And then in one category. The rest of the world. The rest of the world. And you have an audience. Let's be liberal. Maybe let's say there's a global audience of 3 billion people. Who are all vying for one category. Yeah. It's nonsensical. Absolutely agree. I'm not saying that it makes sense. It doesn't. I'm saying if the thought process is we are focusing on America, I mean, we're not, but we, 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 we act like we're not, but we're focusing on America, but we want the rest of the world included. So we're just going to look for one album from the rest of the no, world. No, but that's, that's the probably point. The, that's probably the reasoning. And it's, I know, but the thing is, it's easy to excuse it when it's that, but now there's money behind it because um, Wizkid isn't signed to Sony or RCA Nigeria. He signed to RCA Global. There are incentives. There's remuneration. There's deals. There's bonuses. There's there's so much that's tied to that Grammy win, that Grammy nomination. And people have discussed it. The moment you get even an Oscar nomination or a Grammy nomination, the price goes up immediately. Bam. That's how important it is. Right? This is what I think, Philip. Well, then let me finish. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's it's you can no longer then justify that by saying no no the world needs to come together blah 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 blah, or they need to be accepting of this one category because there's too much at stake now the reason why whiskey is extremely pertinent is because for most of the black er, quote-unquote urban audience essence outside of america in america as well even in america okay the consensus and the numbers proved it. The one of the songs of the summer, even by Billboard, because it, it climbed to number nine on the Hot 100, was Essence. Right? I love Angelique Kicho. She's been a legend all my life. She's got multiple Grammys and she's deserved everyone. I'd never want to take anything away from Angelique Kicho. But for two times in the last three years, Angelique Kijo has taken a Grammy away from an Afrobeats act. Burna being the other one. Yeah. So now, surely people have to start wondering, wait a minute, these are totally different genres. Because in everything else, you've got traditional pop. Mm-hmm. Where Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga are able to win. And they're nominated with the likes of Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, Tony Bennett, love those acts. They deserve to be acknowledged. They need to be respected. Angelique Kijo falls into that category. She's a legacy act. Tony Bennett's still alive? Eh? She's a legacy act. Why is she having to compete with the Skrskrs? So, this is what I wanted to say. That is wrong. But problem Yedu is, Isusu, we are the poor boys begging to sit at the table of the rich master because Ndova Rukuchka. The Grammys created this, or maybe they didn't create it, but this here, here's a situation where there's the Grammy, the, the Grammys, the Academy, the way they've set up the awards and so on. We feel it's unfair because we're not included. They're not entitled to include us. By us, I mean Africa, for example. They're not entitled to. It would be fair if they did, 
But they they decided, I'm saying that's why I understand, they decided on their end, hey, we should include the rest of the world. Let's make that a whole category. The alternative is the Grammys, which was made for its own selfish reasons and whatever it was made for, must now be a, a, an all-giving and a benevolent body that takes care of all the other countries, which is never going to happen. There's never going to be uh, um, best, uh, hey, you know, in, in, in Southern Africa, there's Zim Dantel, there's Amapiano, there's what? That's never going to come up at the Grammys. We need to create our own, the Afris. And then we so, create a rest of world category where we put all the American artists so, and say, yeah, how do you like them apples? In theory, I'm with you 100%, but realistically, that's, that can't happen because that's how the world works. Because right now- I know, Phil. I, I, so, I'm, so, I'm so not I'm advocating saying, that that's what it should so, be. No, but what I'm saying is, especially now, at this point in time, when, and I hate that genre, and I hate that word for a multitude of other reasons, when Afrobeats is starting to gain massive market share. And I think- the best way to do it, the time to do it is now, because not only is there a rise in Afrobeats, there's a rise in K-pop. Think about that for a second. BTS, if they were to be nominated, they would qualify for the best world category. It would be BTS, Angelique Kijo, Wizkid, Burner Boy. Hmm. If, if I were the people behind BTS, and if I were the major labels, who have signed Burner Boy, who have signed Wizkid, who have invested heavily in these artists and are seeing a return on the investment, I'd be now going to the academy like, yo, listen, guys, we need, we need to dead this. We need to figure out a solution because our artists are not getting the recognition they deserve because the record labels know it. The artists know it. That Grammy look is a massive look because that is a, an institution that is a century old. It is, Philip, but we are begging. It's like we are begging to be let in. No, no. When we deserve... <laughs> in... in, in in terms of pure numbers, there's plenty of African acts that are doing way more, way more than some of the American acts that get recognition. If we, if we were to look at, at Burner Boy's total fans and then compare them to, I don't know, Baby Keem or something, no disrespect, but why is one viewed as this is the headline act, the American, and the other one isn't? It's because we are constantly begging to be let in at the master's table, air quotes. And I know this is, is, is on the verge of Hotepi and all of that, but I always get annoyed and irritated when it's like, you guys are not showing us the recognition. We've done so much. We've gotten so big. We're so popular. We're so good at what we do. Please recognize us. We don't need them to recognize. We do need, unfortunately, that's how the world works. We do need them to recognize us. But that's only because that is, that is a continued cycle. There's going to have to be a period of, of people struggling for us to get our own space. That's the only way it's so, going to work. There's no the, way. It's, so, and, and the only time that Afrobeats, air quotes, Afrobeats is going to be recognized is when it starts making money for them. When Justin Bieber is now featured on a, on a song and that's why it's now on the Billboard charts. And that's, that's so, it's so frustrating, not just to me, obviously, but to many other Africans. And I think that it's misplaced anger at the Grammys because they created their thing. They made their thing. They claim it's something else, but we know that's not the truth. They claim they, it is what it is, how it is. And we're like, no, please recognize us. And they're like, nah. And then we sit here and we cry about it. Get away. We make our own. <laughs> so, okay. First thing, who's the bigger hotep, me or you? You. Okay. So, now that we've established that I'm the bigger hotep. But, I, I, no, but I also know you, you have, on this one thing, this is something that we've always had debates on, whether it's billboard charts or Grammys or whatever, that you feel that they must fix it so that 
we can fix it. No, 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 no. That's I, never going to happen. So, no, no. That's actually not my... My mentality is not they must fix it. My... So the, 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 there's multiple layers. The first thing is I'm very pragmatic, right? Mm-hmm. So I recognize the situation as is. The way the world is set up, there are certain systems that are so entrenched, that are so powerful, that have too many powerful stakeholders. The, the notions or the ideas that we are going to disturb the status quo, I don't believe it's even it's, it's I don't believe it's even feasible. There's just too much. There's just too much money. Right. There's too much. There's too much entrenched power. There's too much money. So yes, in an ideal Hotep Black Power world, yes, we need to create our own Grammys. But realistically, that's not. I don't see that. Which I don't. One, which one is more realistic? Though? I don't. Well, let me finish. I don't envision that happening. What I do know is these entrenched systems and entrenched power. The thing that they value the most is money. Mm-hmm. Right. Africa, and for the, for the most part, the rest of the world particularly the developing world, they did not have the bargaining chip of revenue because our music systems or our music ecosystems had been underdeveloped, partly due to colonial colonization and the exploitation of indigenous artists, right? Now, thanks to technology, those markets and those artists are now able to become revenue generating not only in their home territories, but on a global scale. Right, and we're now seeing the global interest, which is why I mentioned acts like BTS, Burner, and Whiskey. So, it's now not just a matter of it's in Africa's benefit, but it is in their benefit as well. Because, as you correctly said, there are some African acts who, in certain aspects, are generating more revenue than American acts. Mm-hmm. So, it is in their interest. In the same respect, we were celebrating the Super Bowl and in our interview with, with Dr. Dr. Nani just the, the other day, scroll up to this and that, she was like, yo, I was really upset because there was an opportunity for these black performers to do something. But on the flip side, the reason why those black performers could not take the knee is because there was an economic incentive to invite them to the Super Bowl, but under certain conditions. Mm. We're going to give you a seat at the table, but not if you guys are going to do That's what this. annoys me, man. So, we're going to give you So it's a pragmatic approach. Like, s- sadly, as sad as it is, the world is what it is, right? The situation is what it is. So it's how do we use our collective bargaining power now to do so? In the same way, when, when slavery was abolished, when apartheid was abolished, when our African nations fought for freedom and independence from, from our colonial masters, it wasn't because these people woke up one day and we're like, you know what? Jeez, gosh, we've been terrible. We need to stop this. You know, let's let let us give it all away. No, it's because it became economically untenable, and it might seem like a like an overstatement or an overreaction or or comparing apples to oranges. But on a smaller scale, for African artists to now find some form of independence, they need to do the same thing. The only way we are going to gain leverage in these negotiations is when it becomes economically untenable for the status quo to continue. So that's why I believe so. So until that happens, as much as we complain about the Grammys and as much as the Grammys continue to snub black culture, black artists need the Grammys. Like Anderson Park, two, three years ago, might have been the biggest hotel ever. You know what I mean? Might have been like F the Grammys. 
my man was happy on stage, and he know why he was happy on stage. The same reason why he was ecstatic at the Super Bowl. And hey, yo, Anderson Zabak has had a great year because his price has gone up a lot <laughs> this past year. I hope he still makes like Anderson Park stuff. You know what I mean? And he doesn't just focus on Silk Sonic. But but now 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 imagine the freedom that you now have. Because when you go to the studio, I'm, I'm not questioning. No, no, no but, I, I'm but not. The, I'm not questioning. No, no, I'm, that. Not, I'm not even arguing. But I'm, I'm just saying as a, as, a, as a side note, like. But that's the that's the that's the beauty of what I'm saying. So now, like Anderson Park and and the Freemasons, was it the Freemasons? Oh, free, no, Free Radicals. Sorry, <laughs> the, the Free Radicals. When they make music, they were very niche, right? And sometimes the label can come into it like, ah, guys, no, we need a radio single, we need a girl single, we need a summer single, blah 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 blah. Now you'd be like, nah, guys, count the Grammys. Super Bowl performance, I'm making what the F I want to make. And you're guaranteed you've now got an established audience. Like, I have not seen Lady Gaga, any new Lady Gaga music on MTV in years. But she's selling out throughout the year with Tony Bennett because she's like, yo, this is, the, this is what I want to do now. You get what I'm saying? Um, so, sp- anyway. Speaking of um was that yeah that was the argument i wanted to make there's there's one other um one other talking point from the grammys that i thought we should talk about best comedy album oh yes you remind me. that's actually what i want to talk about Went thank you dan louis ck sincerely yes. louis ck mm. dan oh my god cancel culture is killing comedians the comedy is dead dan did you know that comedians can't even crack jokes no more um, so first of all, as you know, Louis C.K. was, um, accused and admitted to, uh, sexual misconduct a couple of, how, when was it? Three or four years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. Let me, let me try and see if I can get the dates over here. Um, in 2017. But I think, I think that, that keyword, that's a keyword. Sexual misconduct. Sure. We'll get it. In 2017, five women spoke to the New York Times and alleged that, uh, Louis C.K. masturbated in their presence along with other sexually inappropriate behavior. He initially denied the allegations, but ultimately admitted. He says, at the time I said to myself that what I did was okay because I never showed a woman my pee-pee without asking first. Uh, but I learned later in life that uh, asking them to look at it is, isn't a question. It's a predicament. Really? Okay. Anyway, so that was the situation. After that, there was huge backlash. He was air quotes canceled. Lucy K was quiet for five years. He wasn't quiet. He was releasing specials. Oh, four, year, four years. No, he, he wasn't. Oh, dude, he, dude, uh, he, he was he, quiet at least for a couple of years before he released a special. My man, he released a special a year after this. Did he really? He was still touring. No ways. Maybe he was. No, Dan, no. I rem- I've Let been following go. this. He was still touring. Check the news. On his website. Go to his website right now. You'll see the dates of his specials. He was still touring. No, he, he, I know he he probably did work. He took, I don't mean he, he, he didn't went, tour. He went, he, I think he, he went. But I don't think he released for, no. anything. He went quiet for a bit, and then he was he was seen at the at the the comedy store, and the, the comedy. I comedy. mean, that's his job. Obviously, no, he's yes. going to work. So but I mean, did he, he release went, any? Yes, via his website, he's been really. He's done. I, I, I can count two. I know of two. Probably could be more. But since these allegations, he's done two specials that he's released or recorded, obviously, while he was on tour mm-hmm. and released on his website. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he won Sincerely Louis C.K. for Best Comedy Album winner. So, first of all, Phil touched on it already. First of all, what he was accused of was sexual misconduct, not necessarily rape or assault. Um, I, I, I don't know if misconduct is even the exact word that was used, but long story short, 
he messed up, but he didn't necessarily physically assault or harm someone. So, I mean, obviously it's still wrong and I, I don't mean to defend it or to, to make it seem like it's not a problem. It is still a problem, but obviously there's, there's levels in how severe a, a person's infraction is. Right. Uh, so that's the first thing. Secondly, even the worst, I believe, and other people feel differently, but I believe even the worst person who's done the absolute worst thing still can apologize and try to make amends. It's up to the person who they wronged, of course, on, on whether they want to forgive or not. But I think everyone should have the opportunity to make amends. From what I understood, Louis C.K., and he's also got his other stories with using the N-word and all of that. But from what I understand, Louis C.K. was like, look, I messed up. I'm sorry. That was, that was a bad thing that I did. What more is he supposed to do? So I don't, I, I have these complicated feelings that on the one hand, uh, trash person. But we've also discussed how all the other trash people won their Grammys. And uh, mm. <sighs> yeah. And on the flip side, what he did was bad, but there's people who've done worse who have been forgiven. Anyway, yeah, what, were you, what were you about to say? I was about, it's such a layered discussion. I think, and we discussed it many years ago. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was the first Nadio interview and there was somewhere else where we were like, we've, we've realized that society has been going in the wrong direction for a long time. And I remember using the analogy because I use it a lot where I was like, if we were supposed to be traveling true north, but we've been moving northwest, right? We're off where our supposed destination is going to go. So the only way for us to get back on course is to overcorrect, right? And I do believe a lot of the backlash or some of the consequences of women or victims, or people from marginalized communities now having a voice, sometimes it's, I've always been like, hey, It's guys, a bit much. Mm. It's a bit much. But my solace has been, and I said, I was, I've also been part of it, my solace has, has been when, when I also felt like I was a victim of, of something that I, was, I wasn't, well, wasn't fair. I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm a man. I'm going to be okay. And ultimately, I was okay. And I've learned my lessons, and I'm, I'm hopefully a better person for it, right? So there's that. The, the second thing is, as we try and figure out this new way of holding people accountable, we, we start need to having nuanced discussions about severity of crimes and how to deal with them. In the same way, even though the legal system might be flawed, there's various degrees of murder. There's various degrees of crimes. In America, you've got your misdemeanors and you've got your felonies and so forth. I think we need to have that discussion. And I'm not necessarily a Louis C.K. fan. I do enjoy some of his comedy, but I was put off by what I deem to be him pushing that line of racism and almost taunting people. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, am I ecstatic you won an award? No. But I think it's an... At the very least, it lets us know what the Academy is thinking, which I find interesting. Because who's to say what he did 
is not as severe as what Kanye did for not being invited to the Grammys. You know what I mean? Mm. Where's that nuanced discussion? Some people would probably feel like some people would say that's worse and others would feel the others worse. Yeah. Are we, are we as a society or as the Academy saying that pulling out your d- and making a woman uncomfortable to the point where you masturbate in front of them and you make it a pattern of masturbating in front of them, is that less severe? Is that less damaging? Is that less egregious than slapping a man on stage? You get what I'm saying? No, I'm just, this is, this is, this okay. is an open rhetorical <laughs> question, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Because you see, you see the different levels of blowback. The advantage or the smart thing that Louis C.K. did, um, which a lot of artists don't have the luxury of, is Louis C.K. was very smart in always building his audience. So no matter what the industry did to him, his audience were always able to get him, which is why he was releasing his specials on his website. Mm. And ultimately, it seems that his popularity has grown to the point where they're like, okay, we got to get this guy back in. And it also goes back to what I, I, we've said a couple of times is like, Twitter's not the real world Mm. because in as much as Louis CK is canceled on Twitter, he's been selling out toast for three years. Yep. In, in as much as Daniel Caesar has been canceled on Twitter, he still has 21 million monthly listeners on Spotify alone. Mm. Someone's listening to him. I'm listening to him. I'm not, I ain't gonna even lie, man. I mean, Daniel Caesar makes beautiful music. I'm just saying. As long as it's not a music video. But <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know what Daniel Caesar needs? Daniel Caesar needs to take a borrow MF Doom's mask. That's that's what he needs. I mean, Daft Punk. I heard they've given up theirs. He could always. I mean, that's what he needs. <laughs> Daniel Daniel Daft. That's what he needs to become. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway, let's my, let's my move point. on. That's the, that's been the Grammys, boys and but, girls. Yeah, you know, we, we got we got we got some good discussion in there. I like that. You know, some yeah, good, good back and forth. Get some 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 thoughts, some ideas. We always want to hear your feedback. If you have some strong thoughts and opinions as well, please hit us up, man, on the Twitters at Two Broke Twimbos. Hit us up on Instagram, on Facebook. Two Broke Twimbos everywhere, and let us know what you think, and we can discuss it next week as well. Um, some quick gagagas, Philip. Then we can listen to some music and then get out of here. So you wanted to talk about Mary Mumbaiwa. Um, well, it was breaking news when I put it on the rundown. I was going to say it, it's been news for a while, and I've I didn't want to talk about it because because of the well, political implications. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. But, what do what you want to say? Well, obviously, if you don't know, I, the thing is, I've also been struggling to find an update because she she was in intensive care, and they said they might have to amputate her arm. Did they amputate? I have no idea, honestly. But I, I heard she was on the verge of of that amputation happening. Um, I just was like, yeah. Ultimately, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the politics of it all. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, and I'm not even going to break down the story. If you want to know more, Google it. Okay. You'll find adequate information, but how do you explain to your kids the situation? That's the only thing I'm struggling to comprehend. Like, how do you explain to your kids? Like, say she does have to lose her arm, right? And let's say she does have to serve jail time. How do you explain this to your kids? Yeah. Okay, moving on. Ga, ga, ga. 
Mm. Um, huge, <laughs> huge story from this year, of course, is uh, the fact that it's going to be a World Cup year. Yay, the Slave Cup, yay. And uh, every, every time there's a World Cup, every four years, you know, the host country normally designs a mascot. Mm-hmm. You know, when Zimbabwe hosted, we had our... our the rhino. The, 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 was it a rhino? That was for the All Africa Games. No, no, no. Wasn't it a leopard? Oh, I mean, you mean, I mean for when the, South Africa hosted for, it. For Kasafa. No, no, no. When, when South Africa hosted. Oh, oh, Jabulani. When, when South Zimbabwe hosted. <laughs> Jabulani. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Qatar is uh, Qatar, under, Qatar. Under, under a lot of uh, scrutiny because uh, they are pipped to host the next World Cup. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Qatar has its, um, what's a delicate way of putting this? Um, Human rights atrocities. Yeah. So, a lot of people are looking that way. And the, and the sad thing is like the human rights atrocities are tied to the hosting of the World Cup because building the stadiums is literally killing people. But anyway, it's going to be fun watching, you know, Neymar and and not. So <laughs> the, the part that killed me is, Dan, have you, have you seen Laib? Laib is the mascot that Qatar has revealed. And La- what is Laib? Laib is a... It's a... <laughs> When I meet, I was like, "Yo, is this the ghost of all the migrant workers that built these stadiums?" Because <laughs> Laib, that's a ghost. That is that is that is Casper's Arab cousin. So it's not supposed to be a ghost. It's supposed to be like a like you know that the the that is that is Casper's. They don't even describe it as that. They just say he's a he's an object. That is Casper's Arab cousin. He is he is a, a traditional piece of Qatari clothing. What oh, known as a gutra. What an ass mascot. Where have you ever seen a mascot that's a piece of clothing? I mean, what animal are they going to choose, bro? This is Qatar. I mean, they- you're telling me they don't have lizards in the <laughs> desert or something? I don't know if they even have lizards, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. They, they couldn't steal one of those worms from Dune or something. <laughs> like one of the monsters from Dune. <laughs> Oh, sure. Boba Fett. <laughs> there was a lot of desert in Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, Yo, yeah. she, what, what's the name of those people that the, they live in the in the desert in Boba Fett? Jeez, man. The, 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 oh my gosh. Wait, I'm going to give it to you just in just a second. Just a second. The ones that were slaughtered by Anakin. The desert people. The desert tribes. The Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> am I not really a Star Wars fan? No, you were The Sand People. The Sand People. Sand People of Star Wars are known as the Tusken Raiders. There we go. Uh, You're telling me they're going to get a Tusken Raider? <laughs> that would have been dope. Or like a Jawa or something. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> they get the Huts, the Hut Twins. <laughs> <laughs> or they get the Twi'lek Dancers. You know, just... <laughs> Um, Did you finish Boba Fett? I have not. Really? I have not. I'm on what? episode four, I think. I feel like I've been incredibly busy, but I did finish the Peacemaker. <laughs> that was Peacemaker such, a good, such a good show. Peacemaker. I think it's the best DC thing that's come up. Yep. Wait, The Batman. Have you watched The Batman? Not yet. Flip. I, that, as you know, I'm currently beefing. I am away. I'm currently in Just beef. pay. Just pay. It's no, no, no. It. I'm telling you it's worth it. Philip. Batman. Okay. I'll, I, I'll I, I, I don't want to oversell it for you because no. then, you know, you get disappointed. No, no. I'll, I'll go watch it. I'll go watch, I'll go watch it on Monday. I'll go watch it on Monday when it's empty. It's, just, it's not the same because for, for, for years now, I've become accustomed to getting the whole cinema to myself 
and just going to prestige and watching. It's kind of cool. Okay, but I watched it with teenagers. Oh my gosh. There were teenagers all over. I don't know why I made the mistake. I went on a Saturday afternoon. Why? Why would you do that? Don't it was the only time I had because I, a, a, I had a plan in the evening and then I couldn't find time during the week. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go Saturday afternoon. And I mean, the movie's been out two weeks old because I watched it late. It's been, it had been out for like two weeks already. So I was like, I'm sure everyone who wanted to watch it has watched it. The only people who be there are people who are watching it for the second time and the third time and the hardcore fans. I should be good. The whole line behind me was these teenagers who just kept on making noise and I don't know, shooting their TikToks or whatever the heck they were doing. And shame. So funny enough. Okay, so to tell the story, when I arrived, uh, in my, my head, I was, I was just going to watch this by myself. I'm just going to watch Batman. When I got there, I saw Faz there. And he was there. He had brought out like the whole clan of some of his kids and whatever, whatever. Oh. So he was like, are you, are you watching the movie by yourself, bro? I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, that's so brave. You know the kind of thing that you say to someone when, when they're like, <laughs> I'm like, what, man? He's like, no. Like, in his mind, he's like, you, you lonely, that's sad That's so cool, man. man. You, you right. sad, I'm so proud of man. you, man. Anyway, so then I sat with him. Then at the end of the movie, like two girls who were part of this huge line of teenagers that were sitting behind us came to apologize. We are so sorry for... And they were like, I don't know, they were like 13 or 14 or something. I don't know. I see yeah. you're shushing them throughout the movie. At some point, it was too much. Mm-hmm. That, that, then, that's, why, that's why I would rent out the cinema for myself. But it's also nice to watch it, you know, when you when you have reactions as a group. No, but whenever I'd do that, I'd go with my squad so that we know that the, the thing is, uh, except for Jenny. <laughs> Why? <laughs> did you, remember the last time we, uh, what was it? Shang-Chi. Uh. And then people, or, or everyone just looked behind Jenny and were like, shh. Keep, oh, boy, keep, he's just getting excited. Ah, she, was just, she was just talking. It was, it was her and Dima. I don't know what they were yapping about. <laughs> I remember now. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did you watch uh, Moon Knight? Not yet, no. I, was, I, I quite enjoyed the first episode. I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, young, famous, and African. Uh, so, I'm in a bit, of a, I'm a bit of a beef with Netflix. For some reason, Netflix are no longer accepting PayPal. So that's why I normally pay because it, it's, it's, it's free. If I pay via my bank, I'll get charged like $5 for the transaction. And then I hit them up and I was like, oh, no, we don't accept PayPal. I was like, okay, fine. Can I pay for the year so I don't have to get hit with these $5 bank charges every month? They're like, no, we can't do that. You have to pay month to month. So I was like, ah, screw you guys. I mean, you're really missing out on, is it cake? And young, famous, and African. Oh, no. And Bridget in season two, where, where apparently there's no sex now. And everyone's upset. Shame. I haven't watched that. I but haven't watched season one. The, <laughs> the funny thing is like, um, uh, Madam used to watch Bridgerton and whenever I'd walk into the, the, the living room or to, to get something from the fridge, it was always Bondi. <laughs> and I was like, is there any dialogue in this show? Is this all this is? <laughs> and my man was always just busting a nut into a sheet or something. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I wanted to hear you criticizing like you weren't watching Naked Attractions. Um, uh, I don't. Na- Naked Attraction is is the best trash TV. Ever. Okay, so Young Famous and African. I just want to. I only watched one episode, and I I hate watched it. It's a very well produced show. Mm. The characters are entertaining. Mm. Our homie Nadia Nakai, she's she's basically carrying the show. You know what I mean? She moves it forward. She's doing her thing. But I am not the target market. So oh, you, you, you just reminded me of something, and uh, because I haven't been watching it, I forgot to talk about it, but. I, that show is a massive platform. I saw Kiki Palmer tweeting about it. So yeah, yeah. Netflix is a big platform. It's going to do numbers. 
And there's several celebrities who've been talking about it, yeah. yeah. I'm extremely disappointed that the only musician who's part of their show that had music ready for when the show was released with Diamond Platinums. And the sad thing is, of all the artists who need the boost, Diamond Platinums is probably the least. In terms of his his fan base is rapid. His numbers are rapid. He's clearly got a good strategy and good place. We can question him as a as a, a father and a partner. That's neither here nor there. But my man's had an had an EP ready to go. Nadia Nakai, where's the music? Kanyimbao, well, you're not recording songs about leaving your nigga in Dubai. Where's the music? I don't think Kanyimbao wants to put out music. No, but okay, what so Kanyimbao has always been known to at least keep herself front and center. So I would say this is a great vehicle for you, right? Being on this show is a great vehicle. You've got a lot of attention on you. What are you doing with it? I think, um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think Nadia needs to, she, now is almost too late, but not yet. Like if a song comes out like now or this weekend or even. No, it, and it doesn't even have to be music because Nadia has a viable brand. When Nadia did that Red Bad deal, the numbers I, the numbers I was told sold out everywhere. Mm. Amazing. When she did the Reebok deal, numbers I heard, she was doing crazy numbers. So even within that, knowing that, yo, I'm already uh, a viable property, how come she has not approached a brand and be like, yo. We don't know. Maybe she has. Where's the announcement? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she has. Maybe we're waiting for it. Maybe they're looking for the most opportune time. I don't know. Did I miss something? Wasn't Bash managing at some point? I doubt it. Was it? No, it wasn't Bash I managing. I don't think so. I think I think maybe Bash took on de facto management when they both came to Zim because I don't think she came. No, no, no. no, no she the, came. Did she come with a manager? No, no. I'm talking, it wasn't I'm talking, Bash. I'm, I'm talking about it another time. In fact, I'll, I'll confirm. It's anyway. something that that's gone over my head, but yeah. Um. So I just watched that one episode, and I know it's 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 not my it's I. I it's Speaking been, of, have you? So in the Patreon group, they've been sharing a new space. There's a new other reality show. Yeah, Vic Tax. What the hell is that? All there is is that's just that teaser video. There's, I looked for other information. There's none. Yo, what happened to that Cookie Crumbles reality show? They did one yeah, episode. Episode one, and they dipped, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Where's the rest?" Then, then there was I mean, oh, yeah, Luminista, you know, the Diamond. That, that's on Showmax. Yeah, but apparently it didn't do great. So I shocking. But but no, ah, Young Fame's an African, ah. I mean, in terms of what it's supposed to be. But my goodness, is that trash TV? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, but it I'll, does it does well at being trash TV. I, 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 I. Shout out to Nadia, man. She's she's entertaining to watch because you know she's. Speaking of, have you started watching Abbott Elementary? No, Dad, you need to start that show. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. I I really don't want to jinx it, but I can't help but say it. I have to say it. If they do this right, and it's a big if. But it's already showing signs of their potential. If they do this right, this is going to be the black office. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not even being hyperbolic. We're now 12 episodes in. Dude, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. Okay, um, before we do music, let's just... Um, we, had a, we had an inst- interesting mailbag that we can uh, address. Oh, no, this is, this, this is incredible. This is, this is without a doubt, the, one of the best... Topic suggestions we've ever received. 
I I listened to this episode on one of my walks and I was to the floor. I even forwarded it to a couple of people and they were like, "What?" I found it very interesting as well. So Humphrey Humphrey KBD, long time listener, shout out to you. Thank you for this recommendation. He says here's another Zimbabwean doing it big. I don't know if we would agree there, but he he pointed us in the direction of someone named Tendai. Uh, I wrote his full name down and then you deleted it, Philip. Anyway, I've got I've got his document. His his name's Tendai, better known by his artist name uh, Drumcoon. I say better known by like three hundred people who follow him on Instagram. Um, this this man is a is a is a famous author. Dan, he's he's actually living in Denmark on asylum. Okay, yeah, well, indeed. So okay, um, his name is Tendai Frank Tagarira. He's an author and also a musician living in Denmark. Denmark, yes. So my man's Tendai. Here's what happened. Okay, mm-hmm. so some lady, some lady was like, "Yo, you know when you get your Spotify wrapped." Uh, so yeah, okay. I, long story I, I short, I'm just gonna I, quickly summarize. I think that's a long story. So, long story short, yeah, the premise of the thing, yeah, do the premise of the sure. Podcast. So the premise of the podcast is these guys just uh you know investigate internet things. So um, some lady says, "Yo, my Spotify Wrapped came through, and my number two artist for the whole year was someone I've never heard of before." Like, hmm, that's interesting. And uh, they were looking for Spotify scammers because there's people who are trying to get their Spotify plays up, obviously, so they get placements, so they can get payouts and all of that. So. They started doing some investigation and they found out that Drumcoon, who was number two on this lady's uh, Spotify wrapped for the year, um, was the artist. And Drumcoon makes uh, ambient music. He doesn't make like uh, song songs. He makes, you know, like the sound of wind chimes or wind going through um, leafy forest and that, you know, that kind of ambient sound that he makes. And he names his songs, Alexa, play ambient music or Google, play calming music. That is literally the name of the song. So it's literally... Drumcoon, the song title, Alexa, play ambient music. So because of this, people who, when they call out to their Alexa or they, their Google Home or Siri or whatever the case is, the hope is that it will get played as what has been selected. Um, it then turned out, obviously, for, from the podcast when they did the investigation, that for her, uh, it was actually not that. It was mostly because her roommate was selecting that kind of music and blah, 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is it was still fascinating to go into the world of someone who uh, feels very strongly. They actually spoke to Tendai, by the way. But someone who feels very strongly that uh, Spotify is actually, unfair. I've got to, I've got to play that clip because sure. it 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 was it was hilarious. I I I love his gusto. <laughs> so here's a, oh no, I lost it. Damn it. Okay, I'll oh, summarize. No, I'll get it. I, I got it. I got it. Keep it right. I, yeah, I know. I I, I remember. There we go. Yes. And you know, right away we saw that Drumcoon. He kind of just made like a couple songs to time to trick smart speakers. So by the way, he goes by the name Drumcoon. I don't know. If you Are you playing that at one speed? It is at one speed. I don't know. look there. See one X. I, I was also surprised. I, I, I think I think maybe because it knows I always listen at three X. It's like it's it's the one X is not two X. But anyway, he goes and stop drum coon, which is supposed to be a play on the racism he experiences. But anyway, whoa, whoa. So wait, there's, there's actually a lot of different types of like. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, there were fake songs for basically every imaginable scenario or mood. There was Alexa play family time music. Hey Alexa, play morning music. Hey Alexa, play wait, 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 wait. Are you in this morning music? It's just water. It's it's just water sounds along. And not only that, it seemed like maybe Spotify or even Google had caught onto his smart speaker shenanigans at some point because there was an album. And look, the title is "They tried to ban this." 
That's weird. That's very weird. That was just like full of these like Hey Google songs, only with Google spelled G-U-G-L-E. I guess to like avoid detection. Oh, brilliant. I am so proud of him. But as I kept scrolling, I realized there was more to Drumcoon than just like his the Hey Alexa, Hey Google songs. Like he's actually like a super prolific artist. Like last year, Alex, in 2021 alone, he recorded 10 different albums. Dang! And in addition to that, he released like 40 additional like EPs and singles. <laughs> he's just constantly making stuff. And the sort of music he makes is all kind of like that ambient kind of synthy-ish sound that like I played for you already, right? right? Like there are all these albums filled with music from a sort of fancy steel drum he plays called a handpan. There's a bunch of music on an instrument called a Nova, which uh, is a kind of cool instrument that sounds a lot like a saxophone. Um, and there's like some spoken word stuff. It's like kind of, yeah, it's this eclectic mix of things. And on Drumkin's Spotify page, he had this artist statement. My music is liberated eternally from the world's market forces because they cannot fathom or perceive its true or real eternal value. At the bottom, signed 10th of September, 2021. And we have an email. So I wrote to him. Okay, so I wrote Drumkun to be like, this hey, will you talk part. to me? Mm-hmm. And uh, Listen to these he wrote back. And the email <laughs> is wild. When I got Drumkun's email, I jumped on a call with the rest of the team on this story. Fia, Sanya, and Damiano. Most people I get, I write to ask for an interview. Don't write back saying, thank you for your email. Before I say yes or no, I ask three things of you. One, you have to watch my documentaries on YouTube. Then you listen uh-huh. to three documentaries. Two, watch all my music videos on Drumkun Vivo. And the playlist is... 101 videos long. <laughs> Just to say, Alex, I missed a couple of videos, then that'd be 108. Then, Duncan goes on to say, when you have done the above by immersing yourself into this Vanova fusion journey, then write me again, detailing your experience going down <laughs> the Vanova fusion rabbit hole. The reason I'm doing this is because my music is a completely new music genre and style, mm. so it's important music history and it has to be told very well. Are you the one I will give my first podcast interview to? I like that, it that, that is a boldest move, though. Like, send me back a personal essay after you do this. Like, That's yeah, I'm right. going to do it. Artists, going forward, whenever someone requests an interview, they must send a motivation letter. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, as as Dan alluded to, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the surprise, the twist in the tale is that this turns out to be a Zimbabwean. Mm. A man who fled Zimbabwe in the early 2000s for political reasons because he was an author and political activist. And discovered music while he was in Denmark because that's where he got asylum and has now been making music. And it took a further twist because I was... quotes music. No. So the funny thing is, it, it technically is music. So the funny thing is... Just like technically this table in front of me is food. Hold on. Let me finish that. Um, if you create art, no matter the quality of said art, it, it, if it is actively being consumed, is it still art? If you are tricking people into consuming it. That's the thing. He's not necessarily. He's tricking people into discovering it. He's not tricking people into replaying it. Okay. Okay. If I record the sound of a babbling brook and then I put it on Spotify, have I made art? Yes. Because it's, technically you have. So, yeah, okay. I, so I guess we have different... It's, it's, it's going it's to it's go into a deeper discussion because... Art is not determined. Art is determined by the consumer, right? To a certain degree, and even the artist. In the same way, there are literal artists who will take a blank piece of canvas. I feel, I'm, not, I'm not speaking theoretically no, and no, no. technically. I yeah, mean, I'm, as as real in real yeah. life. So okay. So obviously, the Tristan Tillys is a Zimbabwean, um, and yes, he's been tricking people. The thing is, I actually came across this guy's story two years ago. I actually save, because every time I read like a music article that I find interesting, I save it to my um, Evernote. And then I added him 
And then Evernote does the related articles thing. And I was like, oh, snap. It's the same dude. Mm. He's been running this game for a while. And he was doing it quite well because he had, he had done albums like, hey, Spotify, or hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, play Christmas music. Mm. And then he just make generic Christmas music. And he was getting hundreds of thousands of streams <laughs> until he got taken down. But outside of the, the great part that he's Zimbabwean is just these past few weeks, there's been, there's been an ongoing debate about DSPs and this type of music, what, what you'd call ambient or generic music. Um, so I, 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 I spoke to Dan about it pretty sure, and I saw you read a bit of the article, but it's a, it's a deep uh, discussion that's gone for years. Spotify is embroiled, embroiled with it right now because people linked to Spotify. There's been an investigation by Music Business Worldwide. Um, we'll try and link it to the to the, the the show description. But basically, they call them fake artists, but they're not necessarily fake artists. What it is is you have production houses that produce this type of music. So ambient music, what they call lo-fi music. It's also very it's, it's full on on YouTube. Like you find like a lo-fi hip hop playlist that people like to play in the black hey background in the background when they're working, when they want to relax, when they want to sleep, when they want to wind down, whatever. Um, and it's just e- it's, it's it's easy listening because you don't have to remember the lyrics. You don't have to think like, oh wait, am I in the mood for Katy Perry? Or am I in the mood for Slipknot? Whatever that may be, right? And there's been an ongoing issue because for the past few years, organizations and production houses linked to Spotify in the in the stories from music business worldwide have been making this music, putting it on these playlists, and then they get pride of place on the Spotify playlists. And they are generating ridiculous numbers. And it's been angering record labels and artists in particular because the way payouts work from streaming is it's a pool. So every every subscriber pays their $9.99, $3, wherever you are in the world, whatever you pay. It goes into a pool. At the end of the year, the artists with the highest amount of plays get the biggest share of that pool. So now, if you're buying music on the cheap or even making it on the cheap and it's being sold in your store, and you're pushing it to the front of the line, that means you're paying your record labels less. And if you follow the, the business model with Spotify, Spotify pays 70% of their revenue to record labels, which is a lot of money, leaving them with not a lot of, of wiggle room in terms of, of profits. So this has been going on. And then there was a, another email that got sent to Music Business Worldwide, I think a few days ago, that's it. In fact, all the DSPs are doing this. They're doing it in various ways, but don't just think it's Spotify. They're just the ones that have been caught, mainly because they display play numbers on their platform. But all the DSPs are doing this, and they've been making mood music. And it's become really prevalent because I use an app like Calm. We've promoted it on the show. If you go to Calm, for example, Calm now does this, and they've been doing it for a while, where, where they'll get Mike Shinoda or Billie Eilish or uh, Moby to do specialized playlists to either help you focus, relax, fall asleep, that type of thing. For those people who don't have calm, this is where they'd get it. And as dad mentioned, even if it's a babbling brook, every day when I go to bed, I have a loop of rain, rain falling on leaves. That's how I sleep. So throughout the night, that's all I hear. Or I have white noise. That's how I sleep. So if I didn't have calm, I do it on Spotify. Mm. So, now, imagine if I make a three-minute song because you, you, you start getting paid when, I think it's 60 seconds of the song is played. 
if I had a white noise song that's three minutes and I sleep for eight hours mm. and I have it on repeat and every night I play it. So for, let's just say for 200 days, for eight hours, I'm playing a three minute song of, of wave sounds. Think about how much money I could be generating. Mm. Yeah. So in that instance, it is art because it's serving a purpose. I'm I'm just mad I didn't think of this first. <laughs> Let's play some actual music, Philip. <laughs> okay. We Let's just re- we just received uh, the brand new ASAF song. Oh, you got it? Yeah, yeah, it's I dro- do. It's dropping on Friday? It's dropping. I I don't know if it's already I think it's supposed to drop today when we're recording. Yeah. ASAF Tebelele as the name of the song. Okay, it's cue up the song. Let's hear it because I've had some thoughts about it. I actually had some thoughts about it earlier this week, so I was waiting to hear it before I said anything. Because I think know, it's his, it's it's his first release after signing. It's it's his, it's his Def first Jam release Universe. under Def Jam. Yes, yeah. you're right. Let's check it out. Asaph featuring Loki. What do you think? I think it's I think it's a dope track. I'm gonna have to give it a few. I like it. I like it. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a a, a blazing hit song that's going to take you to the top of the charts, but it's definitely a good song. So that's exactly why, one of the reasons why I had these thoughts. Because like I was listening to the snippet, I was like, okay, this is it's fine. I get the vibe. Um, so weirdly enough, it's it's not on Apple Music yet. That's and it, I'm so, sure it'll be on by by the time people listen to this episode, it'll so be out. It's. Exclusive, exclusive. These are the questions that I have, and it's. I had more questions before now. Now I even have more. It's okay. So no. For now, we are watching and uh, no. <gasps> so Moon Knight episode two is out. Sorry. So, ASAP announced this deal. What two months ago? I think it was a little longer than that. So you announced this deal with Def Jam. 
right? Um, there's been no hint of music for this. This song has had a month-long rollout because we've been hearing clips for about a month now. So this was, it's about three months ago because it was close to the end of December. <laughs> three months ago. And I didn't want to be a negative Nancy, but it's a question that all artists should be asking themselves. Yo, when I signed this deal, what are the terms of this deal? I mean, three Wait, months is not... Well, hold on. Let me, let me finish yeah. my statement. Like, what are the terms of the deal? What's my leverage going into it? What, what, what am I getting from it? Um, and to be frank, let's be honest. In as much as ASAF is a great artist, um, even in Zim, he's probably in the top three, arguably, right? I'd say Takura, Takura's a big artist than him, hip-hop-wise. Holy 10. Holy 10. Weirdly, I even think, you know, let me not, let me not even put in the, uh, let me not even put him in the conversation. So yeah, let's say, let's say top three, mm-hmm. right? So you, you sign this deal. There's now a three-month rollout. I would expect for you when you, when you sign this deal, Part of the deal is not only them listening to your back catalog and being like, yo, um, we like the back catalog. This proves what do you have that's ready to go now? If not, let's get it ready before we announce the deal. So the paperwork can be signed. We announce the deal. While we have the wave of interest in the deal, we capitalize on that with a song. As a marketer, let me, let me finish. As a marketer, right? Anytime you get someone's attention, you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. You're paying for it in either marketing dollars, promo time, relationships, whatever. It's a cost. Every, every time we drop an episode, for people to know that we drop an episode, for them to actively know we drop an episode, it's time. That's why we have the advantage of people just subscribing to the podcast. They don't have to know we drop an episode. The phone tells them. You get what I'm saying? So a three-month window is, to, is, to me, way too long. Right? It's, a, it's a waste of the announcement. It's a waste of the announcement. And that was already, in my mind, that was already like, mm, interesting. Okay, let's see where they go with this. Then now I start thinking about how labels operate. So Zimbabwe is by no means a priority market. We had, as, as much as people might have pride in Zimbabwe, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Because the only way we have a monetizable market is with monetizable streams. Our streaming numbers, low as hell. Our YouTube payouts, Low as hell, right? Mm-hmm. Concerts, we we see the numbers. Whenever people, whenever I don't, whenever we we cross five thousand at an event, those are big numbers. But that's five thousand paying what five ten dollars? That's not a really a big addressable market. The only play which made sense to me was that because ASAF is from is from Bulawayo and can speak in Debele and has charisma and has the look you might be able to sell a Zimbabwean act, excuse me, in South Africa, mm-hmm. right? And I see you loading up Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown's a perfect example of that, right? And that's how it would work. And the other advantage is because the Zimbabwean market is underdeveloped, you can get an, you can get a decent act like ASAP for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So there was a discussion we're having with Mike and you're throwing numbers my way. And I was like, ah! those numbers aren't making sense. For that very reason. Because in my mind, if I'm a label owner and the people at Universal are very adept, that's what I do. I, I, I'd be signing ASAP as an experiment. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yo, let's, 
let's see what we can do in Zimbabwe. And Universal and Sony, in fact, all the labels in South Africa, they all have a substantial amount of Zimbabweans working for them. So I know there's a lot of Zimbabweans who are advocating for Zim Acts, who are like, yo, this kid can do it. Let's see what we can do. There's a discretionary budget available. You know what? You're right. Let's, let's, let's throw some money there. Let's see what our return on investment is. If it doesn't work out, eh, no skin off our, our teeth. If it does, skin off our teeth. It's a phrase. That's just funny. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that being said, the, so oh, with all that being said, but, but, the, okay. way, the, the way that they're moving, I'll finish my point now. The way that this is being run out and handled is making me feel like he's not even a priority. So now, today is Wednesday night. The song has dropped, but it's dropped on Spotify and YouTube. I don't think it's on Spotify. It is on Spotify. I just checked. What did you just check? Because I searched earlier. That's why I ended up playing the the copy that I'd received. Okay, yeah? It's on Spotify and YouTube, not on Apple Music. Silent rollout, as far as I'm concerned. There's no... Outside of the the interview with with, um, ADOT on Apple Music, I'm not seeing much of a press rollout. Maybe that'll change over the next few days. Because once again, Universal Music have relationships and leverage in South Africa. I would hope and expect to see ASAP appearing on South African media platforms, right? I would hope and expect to see ASAP appearing on collaborations with Universal Acts who are South African. He's definitely appearing on Zimbabwean platforms. So, but that's but he was understandable. That, he was he was doing that on his own. This is this is what I was going to say. Um, a lot of what we're discussing now is conjecture. And we normally discuss conjecture when we don't have access to the facts. But like you've said, we know ASAF. We, we actually know ASAF. We know his management team. We know the team around him. So we can get the facts. So let's, let's not conject. No, let's get the facts. I think for the sake of argument, it's good to, to go with, with the basis. Because the other thing is, um, part you, of it is, you, I don't want... How much time has no, been on this podcast? I don't want to have to put ASAF in a compromising position. Right, because we don't know what's going on, so let's wait and see. And then, when when it's time to speak to him, we'll speak to him. I don't want to bombard my man's while he's in the middle of his first release cycle and be like, "Yo, my man's, what's going on with this release cycle?" Let's let the release cycle happen. If he needs a platform to come and speak about the music, we'll let him speak about the music because that's what we'll do. And then we'll then ask him, "Yo, but but the, we have questions here." There, I don't mean on the podcast. I meant, but I'm yeah, even even I mean, that, personally, even yeah. privately, yeah. I won't do that now. I'll do it a week from now or two weeks from now where things have died down. Because I can also imagine, my man's under, like, you're working now. You're trying to work well, that he's, he's, he's working. Okay, so th- this is how I see it. Three months ago, ASAF signed to Def Jam Universal. It was, it's a big news item. It wasn't as big in Zim. Like, I mean, a couple of newspapers spoke about it. We spoke about it on radio, but... Because the other thing is, what details did we get? We got no details outside it's, of... It's, it's also partly because several other people in the recent past had also signed to Universal with various deals. Some of them were just distribution. No, but, but outside, outside of the, the launch acts, who else signed? So when they launched, they announced Nasty, they announced Boiti, they announced... I think it was Nadi as well? Um, there was another act from Nigeria, I think, and that was it. No, no, no. You're thinking, okay, Def Jam Africa as a unit and their launch acts, yes. I'm talking from a media standpoint in Zimbabwe. Signed to Universal is what people see. People saw Japres assigned to Universal. Shashul no, signed no, to Universal. Ja, ja, Japres has a publishing deal with Universal. Yes, but, but not a distribution deal. 
I'm sure it's distribution. No, it's not. It's not distribution. It's publishing. Okay. It's publishing. So, okay, even if that's the case, the point is, in in terms of the media or the, or the the weight of that announcement, it's not that weighty as it once used to be. So, okay, here announcement is made. Asaf assigned to Def Jam Universal. Three months later, he releases his first single. It's a pretty good single from based on first listen. Um, we'll wait to see how it takes in the market. But I, I mean, I like that. I'll vibe to that. I'll put that on a playlist for me to listen to again. I like that song. I'm pretty sure it's going to do well on radio. Um, I don't know if it will. The vibe of it is good enough to do well in the clubs, but let's see. Let's see if it will become a big hit. I don't think it will be a big hit just from from the, the first listen, but I think it's a good enough to be a good first single. Let's see how it goes. Um, I I don't necessarily think the release cycle has been fumbled because it hasn't really started. I'm not saying it's... We've, I'm not, we've I'm literally not, listened to the song no. before it officially released no, all over. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's fumbled. No, it's officially released because it's on his YouTube page. Mm. I'm talking about it's just... It's it's not as clean as as as, as it should be. Let's see. Do, it's day one, Philips. Day one. Let's see. Okay. So we'll immediately know by Friday on the playlisting. If the song isn't playlisted on a few key playlists, I'm going to start raising questions. Right. If 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 it's not on like if it's not on the African hip hop playlist on Apple, if it's not on the We Am Zanzi playlist, if it's not on if it's not on release radar on on Spotify, I'm going to be like, guys, what's going on here? Okay, I'm going to play another South Africa Zimbabwe collaboration, also including Botswana. Uh, this one actually came out a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mr. Brown, Makadzi, Nati O. I wanted to go to Makadzi this weekend, but I so, hey, I'm not doing well. I was tired, bro. Let's check this one out. Sound from Mr. Brown. 
a different sound, and Natio Shiny. What do you think? I mean, my baby can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. I like the vibe of the song. I like the vibe, and I like Natio as well in it. Um, some other songs, Philip. I see you had put down um, some songs. Dizzo. No, no. I was gonna just discuss um, the video that this week. Like, you, you got the the playlist, the pl- the placement on the the official World Cup song. Oh. Um, and then he also got a, a placement on Vroom, which dropped a week and a half ago. Shout out to Maniwa Gavs who shared that. I'd actually forgotten to, to, to speak about that. But that is the one of the key songs from Gran Turismo 7. So two major placements. I did also find it interesting because, as you know, Davido is a Pepsi artist. And the World Cup is normally Coca-Cola. And I just was like, interesting. So I, I, I'm very interested to see if they do sync that song. So if you remember like when Waka Waka came out, it was, it was also heavily pushed by Coca-Cola in their ads. If the FIFA song then becomes a Coca-Cola song, what then happens to Davido's relationship with with Pepsi? I mean, it's I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure. Um. Okay. Anything you want to end the show with? Mm, I, I see you got the new Natasha Moose there. I haven't even listened to it. It's all right. It's okay. You can play it. You can play it. It's, it's not bad. It's, uh... Brand new song from Natasha Moose. Queen Slinks and Tashamiswa. It's called Ziriko. Oh, I actually know how to play this song. I'm making noise like a summer. I'm making noise like a bummer. Like a referee at the tummer. I'm a referee at the tummer. Voted and the geezer, I don't play her. Man, I never sleep on those lines like Tim Guka. I don't care, but never mercy for me, oh no, Jerusa. And I don't want no games, there are no games, no Mabuza. Check, I'm the baddest Muma, yeah, I kill, man, I murder. I'm, I'm too anti-social, do you hear? Don't need drama, I'm, I don't care if you don't like me, you don't like me, I'm a winner. I'm protected by the Lord, God to pray, so no shaking, huh? What you plan on me? You know what I find interesting? Like the, um, the fusion of, like an almost I'm a piano sound with like almost drill sound. It's like, I find it interesting. Nice. Actually, cool. you just reminded me of something, Mr. Brown has been busy. He also dogged a song, but I jazz. It's called Feeling. Let me just skip it. This is actually a jam.
so, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I figured we can. End, uh, Brian K and Young DLC have done a collaboration project. I, oh, I actually had a song that I was going to end with, but let, oh. let, let's hear. Oh, okay. I was going to end with this one, but okay. Uh, I'll, I'll play. Uh, they have two songs. No, they have I think three songs on this project, but I'll, I'll play Tamba. Yo, young D, you got that? Baby, give me some more. You want about to revive my soul? Actually, Baby, give me some more. You want about to revive my soul? But let the moon at your famba. More one more katanga oku famba. Damona chitamba, chiuno changu shaka tanga okutamba Banda mwona chiwaina, kuita kunge mwono ano shaina Arima dekwa ni musama, chino nyenye tizahisa mbumu bata Mwona iye aitamba, aitamba, aitamba Aitamba chino eveta So, young DLC, aka Darlington, Darlington, which, by the way, is a is a tag that I enjoy more than the new one. Hey, yo, young D, drop that. Um, you may recognize him as the producer behind Ja Praise's hit song Shovi. He's been one of my favorite producers from Zim for a long time, and it's because he he has this like EDM electronic sound that he's been he's been doing. I I remember him from back in the day when he was making like EDM remixes of Zimbabwean songs, and I thought and. Um, that was pretty cool. So I love that he's 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 you know he's making uh, dope music these days. And this is uh, off Brian K and Young DLC's collaboration EP called Care Package. You should definitely check it out. I think it's got some dope music on there. And this one is called Tamba Some More. Um, who are you funny? Do you know what time it is? Mm-hmm. Yo. Ah, Debbie. Debbie, what's Brian K, you're live on air. Don't say anything incriminating. <laughs> Alright. I'm seeing you just dropped a project. Not even a yo, Phil. This is this is what's working in the streets. I just have to, I have to open YouTube to see this new music out. What's what's going on? What's up with that dog? What's up with that? What's up? What's going on here? That, that thought maybe it's gone to the Oscars or the Grammys or something. I would say, yeah. You told me, so it's enough, you know? You told the important, <laughs> you told the important broke Twimbo. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. So I feel Manji is going to play your music, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dope music, my man, dope music. Which one, how many songs are on Care Package? Yeah, we've got three records. Three. Three songs. Okay. Which one's your favorite yeah. of the three? I love all of them, man. They're all amazing. Songs. We can we can only play one. Tell us to play one. Which one shall we play? Okay, I think play Tampa some more. Ah, you so, see. <laughs> I already played it, so it's poor. Ah. You know, I just remember there was a time Brian called me, but I was dead asleep. I was exhausted from something. Is that what you're calling about or is it something else? Yeah. Ah, you take this one. He just calls once, and he's like, "Ah, I'm out." 
No, man, we see you, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Let me let me give this a a, a full sampling, uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll hit you up about it. When are you dropping those other joints? Those other those other joints that you play for me. Those 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 studio joints. Those stadium joints. Oh yeah, probably um, June. Aha, uh-huh. mm. nice, nice, nice. Because nice. you know what's happening with Care Package? It's um, it's an evolving EP, right? So it's got three songs for now, but we might be adding more songs to it as as we go. So you know, you never know. All right, all right, no dope. Anyway, just wanted to hit you up, say congrats, man. We're feeling the vibes, feeling the music. Uh, Thank you very much. Yes, yes. You yeah, don't forget to get Care Package in your DSPs now. All right, man, I'll hit you up later. Let's. Bye. Let's. Bye. Tamba Alright. Um let's shut things down, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you very much for tuning in to Two Broke Twimbos. That's another episode in the can. Um we appreciate you. You can show your appreciation for us by simply going to twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate. And you can sign up to the Patreon. We are we are back at our old level. That's I've nice. been trying to hold you back, Philip, because you see from here you are taking a short walk to your bedroom. I've got a long drive home. No, Dan. I think and then I have to edit this podcast. It's fine. I can edit this one. Yeah, bo, uh, bo, heavy. Ah, no, Jack. I've got so much work to do this hey, week. Hey. <laughs> you think I don't have work to do? <laughs> no, but it's actually so much easier. It's like, not easier, this... Philip, because you keep dropping cuss words in the, in the recording. There's no cuss words. I've noted four. Anyway. <laughs> well, you, you mean when you kept letting Trevor know him soon? No. <laughs> uh, you, you, I, I mean. Yeah, he's, using, he's using a Korean word. You are the one who who continues to to make my life difficult with no thought or care. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please pay for my editing and my hard work. Twobroketumbles.com forward slash donate. Yes, uh, shout out to the patrons. Shout out to the patrons. Really appreciate you guys. Um, you guys keep the podcast going. Yep. So like, subscribe, follow. We appreciate that as well. And if you can just share, retweet, uh, drop a comment on whatever uh, platform you're using to listen to the podcast. If you're using Apple Podcasts, just five-star rating plus comment. Or if you're using uh, Google Podcasts or whatever it is, just let us know that you're listening and drop a comment as well. We'd appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. We are going to be signing out now. If Phil wants to end with their song. Indeed, indeed. So a, a couple a couple months back, actually, um, someone someone hit me up on LinkedIn of all places. I was like, yo, Phil, I'm an artist. Um, I need some uh, some advice on how to do A B C D E C D C D. And then I was like, no, that's cool. Um, when you're ready, hit me up, holla, blah blah blah. And then months later, he sent me some of his music. And then um, I came across it. And then this is one of the songs that he's got. So there's a young artist named Uncle Tiki from Zambia. And uh, I actually enjoyed this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is dope. He said he's, he's dropping a full EP soon, so we, we, we might have a feature for that. But yeah, uh, so this is Uncle Tiki with the song called Introspection. Um, I'm now actively updating the music from the podcast playlist, so be sure to check that out. And don't forget, guys, to follow us on social media. Dan, the guy, Phil Chard. We really appreciate it. And yeah, that's it. What else, Dan? That's it. All right, we'll catch you in the next one, then. We out.
Oh, that finger licking good. They say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I guess your presence explains the butterflies in my Yeah, girl, I'm on my way. On my way home. Five minutes ETA. Keep the 